And now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency at 1130. Go! At 3 games away from me having to add an extra trophy lift to the end of that video. Uh and what a chance it will be. Grisby Town are in the quarterfinals of the but I hope you know that. If not this might be really weird. Sam put your microphone on mute. We don't need to hear you messing about with your microphone. Uh it is an opportunity for you to listen to it. We've been working on this throughout the week. So we've got a number of uh, interviews and guests to listen to throughout it. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit clunky because we're going to, you know, go from being live, which is what we are now, uh, to uh, letting you guys listen to uh, everybody else and and to, to do what they've done. So a massive thank you to the whole team. We've been working on this relentlessly. And thank you to everybody who uh, joined us as well uh, and uh, was interviewed or sent us a video. It was really appreciated. Um, Let's start top left. Mike, how are you? 72 hours. How are you feeling? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's, um, now work's out of the way. It's the sort of uh, running now, isn't it? I know. I can't believe it. It feels very real. Um, Hannah, Harry on the bed. And you've got a new addition coming as well. Um, how's everything yeah. for you? Yeah. I mean, say... Sorry. Doing well, thank you. I'm not pregnant, everyone. <laughs> That's what I was about to interject <laughs> with because I just realised how that sounded. Congratulations, and I hope you. Uh, I'm glad that your dad found out this way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, we um we've just been to see a new puppy um who we are naming Harry, so he'll be with us in a couple of weeks' time. Bruce, how are you? It is a very that is a very dominating p- camera angle, I have to say. Oh, the lads quite liked it last night. Oh no, it's good. I really do like it. The office looks. I mean, it looks, it looks a hell different. of a lot better. It looks, it looks different than. Hang on, I've got to go the right way. I don't know. That's the window. Yeah, the old bookshelf. It looks a bit different. It no, looks I've, very uh, professional. After a few pods of technical problems, I uh, I switched to my phone last night for the uh, other bit, and uh, it seemed to it seemed to work better, Mike, didn't it? There wasn't such a delay. Yeah, is this the after hours angle? You know, so when the pod's late at night, you know, like Hollyoaks used to have a nighttime thing. This is like the pod at night. Hollyoaks, Hollyoaks dark. I don't, I don't yeah. behave any differently, mate, in the day or at night, to be fair. That's I'm, the just, issue, really. I'm just terrified when he starts wearing the shorts again, because this angle is going to not be... Oh, I'm, I'm dressed for a pod look. <laughs> don't stand up. <laughs> God. I had to tell him not to cross his legs last night when he had the shorts on when we was recorded. With I hope people oh, listening not watching. No. No, no oh, one needs like to see it, that. Hey, Three that, crashes Gav now me, on the A1. Gave me what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, we'd get a few views if Gav, if Gav did that. Uh, Sam, how are you? Welcome aboard. I'm good, thank you, Alex. Living the dream. Work's over for the week. 
another successful week in British politics for everybody who's listening. Um, all is well. And I'm now on the countdown to the game. Not really got anything to distract me until Sunday now. Uh, basically just kind of thinking about uh, and what route can we can we win? Um, dreamt last night that um, we're going to... I actually had a dream last night that Glennon crosses a ball in the 96th minute onto Waterfall's head and we win 1-0. And uh, I have to retire from work on the back of it. But all good. He's definitely been to the pub, Annie. I certainly have. Yeah, I'm, I'm ignoring the politics part. This is going to be really interesting because uh, I haven't watched a lot of these videos, so it's going to be great. The only thing I did notice is that in Sam's video, he definitely made sure that the Houses of Parliament were in the background. So what it was really an homage to was a 1990s IRA video where he was entirely silhouetted throughout the whole process. Don't say that. No, nothing. I've got my pass revoked if you keep equating me to that. He did tell me, Alex, <laughs> he did tell me that he wasn't actually meant to be in work when we did that. He just wanted to come in and show off. So he came in especially. Well, it looked very nice, Sam. Just call me chauvinistic Sam. Okay. So, to be, what the to hell, be fair, what, Alex. What's on this video? I haven't quality controlled it. I'm slightly nervous now. To be fair, on last night, he looks like he's already started clearing out for after the election. The, the, the office looked pretty empty, to be fair. <laughs> right. Politics-free zone. Politics-free zone. Let's. This is a. This is a week where everyone's nervous. We don't want getting people getting road rage. You know, going down the A46. This is a chance for their tranquil opportunity to say hello, tell everyone how they're feeling. John Lewis said, "Is it Sunday yet? Anyone else getting really nervous? No, John. It's going to be great. Whatever happens, you've got a team to be proud of." Andrew now says, "This pod better not be too long." I've got to get up early tomorrow. I think we clocked it about two and a half hours, Andrew. Uh, Gemma says, good evening, and I'm not joking. And Josh says, Bruce never afraid to give the double chin a face. I'll be entirely honest, as long as it's the double chins and not the double balls, I'm absolutely fine. He's a cheeky cat. Get him off. <laughs> Which chin's he talking about? I don't, I, don't go, I don't go running four times a week to be top bar. Right, I'm off. Oh, Bruce is gone. That was a quick. That was a quick one. Sorry, from you two bantering about chins. I mean, if I was Bruce, I'd be offended. Who's chi- who's chi- who's doing it with his chins? No, no Did... banter from me. You read it out. Yeah, of course. Thanks, there, these are our listeners. These are our listeners. They want to express themselves. If you've got a comment, please leave it in. Preferably not about um, you know uh, Sam's dreadful political choices or Bruce's double chins or Hannah being pregnant. Uh, or might be from Yorkshire, or me looking more and more like a homeless man as this beard grows out. Or Mike's attendance at games. These things should all be off. All, all be off. Exactly. Joss says it's only banter with his camera angle. Look, Joss, you, we both know that this camera angle of Bruce's could be a lot worse. So I'll I'll settle for the double chin view. That's fine. I can move about easier now. I've got the AirPods in. And you can move about easy when you have those shorts on. No cables. Um, okay. How many of the how many of the pod have been to every game in this cup run? Uh, only you, I guess. Uh, uh, There's a loaded not, question, isn't it? Loaded uh, question. How many how many else have been as good as me? No, no. I just well, no. I know that uh, um, Sam, you've been to most, haven't you? I've done all but uh, Plymouth and the Luton replay. I've done all the other games. Good work, That's my good friend. Going. Good work. I'm I'm just there for the glory. Good work. And, and Hannah's, an got, a camp- and and Hannah's yeah. got a camper van. Yeah, yeah this is fa- the thing. Sorry. 
Yeah, I have only done Southampton so far and saved you hundred pounds from not doing the rest. Weren't, weren't you weren't you not bothering with the cup run to say for the for the camper or did there come a point where you were like right I can't do this anymore? Yeah, there there came a point where I was like I can't miss Southampton and then obviously I now can't miss Brighton so um, I'm in it for the long run now. Hey, I tell you what though, none of us have seen town losing this run, have we? Are you all, all the way to Wembley now, Hannah? You'll be there at Wembley in the semi-final and the final. The problem is, where do you park the camper van at Wembley? We know that we've got this problem. You can't just leave it at Stamble. No, Sorry, we, um, park south. we'll be leaving that at home. i got to tell you something. A trip down to Brighton in the camper van would have been a great idea. Couldn't you nick one from work? No. <laughs> <laughs> they no. would love it. Oh, you get a ch you're the marketing manager. You know how much that would look, how good that would look. You know, down in Brighton, in front of the pavilion, load of town fans in front of it, holding a you know, auto trail sign. <laughs> yeah, no, they um they're in such demand at the moment that there aren't any to nick because as soon as they're made, they go out to customers. Uh, well, I um, it's just it's just there's the, a plug. I want we want fifty quid for this now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going off going off on a tangent a little bit but there was some, I went to watch uh, the Euros in 2004 and we were in Lisbon and there were some lads that had just bought a cheap van and um, it had Sky Sports News written on the side and they just drove it into this square in the middle of Lisbon and um, there'd been, there was just a mattress in the back and it stunk and uh, by the end of the night they were just driving it around this square and there was about 50 people on the roof of this van just hanging on for dear life all the England fans it was brilliant <laughs> So I've just got that. I've got this vision in my head now that Hannah's van would be a bit nicer than that, but I don't think that would stop the town fans enjoying themselves. Could you imagine if we win, that thing is going over Seven Sisters Cliffs before you know it? <laughs> do we all have an emergency? Do we all have an emergency plan if and when we win? What where are all do we need like next of kin numbers? Do we need you know emergency hostels and accommodation? Because I'm not going to be going home for a week. If we if we win, Alex, I'm not sure. Well, the last train out of Brighton is at 11 30, and I can get a night bus back from um from Victoria back to where I live. So so I will be okay. The problem is the sort of seven hours in between the final whistle and that. I mean, uh, I don't know it. We'll end up getting a like a massive taxi back to London or something. But uh, I will, and end up isn't, paying isn't, a fortune. Isn't a massive taxi just called a bus? <laughs> is there a, is I want to know who Victoria is. Why are you getting a bus back from us? No, London Victoria Station. Oh, right, okay. Right. Well, I want to. I'm gonna. I'm, I've got us a, a letter that we got given. We sent got sent an actual email. Uh, and it was sent from uh, John Quickfall, who's a, an ex an ex mariner living in Norway. He said it was just to share a strange coincidence. I work as a night guard in a small hotel in the fjords. I often work in the bar too. Many Norwegians want to talk football when they discover I'm English. Ninety nine of them percent of them seem to support Man United or Liverpool, but a lot of them know uh, know of Grimsby. At least it, it is a good point of reference. Last night, the day after our historic cup victory against Southampton, and a couple came into the bar. The lady asked where I was from, and I said, where in England? She asked. Uh, I replied, do you follow football? Then to my total shock, she said, oh, yeah, I'm a Southampton fan. My dad worked there many years ago, so we uh, we would go when I was young and became a fan. I could not believe it, when I and I couldn't stop smiling and said, I'm from Grimsby. She looked so shocked and just shouted, you're joking. Um, 
go forth and multiply. I remembered. I'm not trying to swear. Uh, handed them their drinks and said, here, drown you for your sorrows. I'm sorry. I, I could barely believe it. I don't think I've ever met a Southampton fan in England, let alone this far away. Uh, another strange coincidence is when uh, is, is the guy who runs the Grimsby Town Supporters Club in Norway. I imagine that's you, Joff, um, who is from uh, a place called Starvanger. Is the childhood best friend of a guy who uh, lives in my village. Keep up the great work. So in Norway, we are already massive news. It's all. Did anyone see Max Crocom on New Zealand TV as well? He was on uh, New Zealand giving an interview, you know, one of their own. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. How have you guys all found the um, this week of um, chaos? And Bruce, how's your phone been? Because I've been, mine's been off the hook at the moment. I, I assume they just can't get hold of Lloyd. I think he just chooses, picks and chooses his gigs, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> good man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been it's been good. I just just while you're on that, I, I did mention it in something that will come up later on, I think. But I was in Tesco tonight and Maisie was looking at flowers for Mother's Day, which is tomorrow, isn't it? And um, No, it's on Sunday, Bruce. No, it's not. It's tomorrow, Sam. Um, Anyway, uh, she was looking at flowers and I just stood by the door. And there there must have been, and I'm not exaggerating, there must have been six or seven kids walked in in town shirts. Uh, Not together. You know, they they, they haven't just got off a supporters bus or anything in different groups and I was just like the way and, and you guys I mean Hannah will see it a bit more but you guys being exiles will not see not see the impact in around the town on a daily basis as as we do and that's not a that's not for, for a change that's not me mocking that's just the way it is it's it was just the amount of kids you see in town shirts now is just you, you just don't see the Premier League one so much um and it's brilliant um and so, yeah, going back to your other point, I love, I guy... love that idea, Bruce. I, I miss that I'm not there to see that stuff because I, I we haven't uh, seen, you know, the the the, the creepy uh, B roll feeds you see from TV shows of you know bakers putting a good look to Grimsby in the you know in the Pocklington's bakery window and stuff like that. But I imagine it's it must be mad, and the pubs tonight and tomorrow will be absolutely banging. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just the. This this has just taken it onto another level, and like you say, I mean, we've all seen all the media and stuff, and I've been I've been busy for about a week downloading and nicking stuff off the internet for commemorating in future years. So um, it's going to be a busy, you know, in another year's time, it'll be a busy thing sort of building up. This is what happened before we got to the semis, um, but but yeah, it's it has, and I mean, I I got a message from a couple of or messages from a couple of journalists. Completely random people, some of them not with many followers, but can you come on and just have a chat with us for uh, Turkish TV and Chinese TV? Um, uh, you know, and it's English speaking channels, by the way. Um, and it, yeah, it's just it's just mental, isn't it? Like you say, they, they obviously get in touch with, you know, you through the pod account and you've put you've put some messages on our group, haven't you? Um, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And the coverage must be, I don't know how Paul Hurst spent any time with the team this week. I mean, we've had to. It's the media attention is so big that we can't use Blundell Park. We've had to go to My Energy to do the press conferences. Uh, I assume it was because the auditorium was taken. Claire's there tonight. I could ask her. They've got. There's a. She's working tonight. There's a, a comedian on. I can't remember who it is now. But uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it was sold out. So yeah, I don't think we were getting in the. To be fair, My Energy is probably bigger than the auditorium. <laughs> That's true. Uh, 
Stephen McDade says, gutted the drummer won't be there on Sunday. I agree, Stephen. I think he was a massive contribution to the atmosphere. So um, we all have to learn how to sing as one unity now instead of, you know, half of the stand singing this and the other half of the stand singing that. Uh, Joss says, uh, some great ITV footage from the 70s currently up. There really is. I saw Bruce was in Nirvana for Bruce. And uh, ABC, I assume he's talking to Bruce. He said Chubby Brown. It's not Chubby Brown tonight. The... No, that, that's that's next weekend, I believe. I didn't know if I didn't know if that was about the camera angle or the or the, the question. No, yeah, cheeky cat. Um, yeah, Chubby yeah. Brown's next weekend, apparently. Yeah, I can't remember who it yeah. is tonight. <laughs> it's not important. She's. It's not important. She's not here. None of this is important. It's amazing. You we get to this point, and I just don't know what to say. The only things I'll say is. We've, this is apparently our 11th time in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Granted, they're all, you know, pre-invasion of Poland. It's not. That's wrong. Is it? Is it really? I heard yeah. that. Is that not right? How no, many is it, Bruce? Wrong. I can't remember, and I will be in trouble with Dave and Tim, Dave Werry and uh, Tim, for, um, I think it's about, I think we've only been in it like five times or something. That's still a lot. Still a lot. Didn't you say, Bruce, then, that we've never just made the quarterfinals? If we make the quarters, we always make the semis. Just, I mean... No, if we made well, it five times. No, because, yeah, like, like uh, it was a bit of a joke that sort of since the 30s that we've, you know, we, 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 it, it, was good for, yeah, it was good for effect, Sam, but it's not technically 100% factual. But, yeah, the, the last two times we've done it, we, you, we haven't stopped in the quarters. We've sailed through to the semis. You con me, Bruce. I, I believe that. I believe everything that everyone's throwing out at the moment. I even believe when the uh, ITV cameras were there for Good Morning Britain and Sub London Park was in Grimsby. Um, Joshua Donner says, good luck, you mighty Mariners, proud of whatever co- whatever the outcome. Uh, Jack Griffin says, uh, good luck, town, hope for that one golden opportunity. It's going to be a massive header by Luke Waterfall in the 96th minute. Uh, Andrew Matthew says, if we even get to the semis, the coverage, uh, if we get to the semis, uh, the coverage will be mind-blowing. Oh, you we just, won't be able you, to move. I'll, even I'll get sick of town stuff. You just read my tweet, Luke Waterfall 90 plus 6. I literally tweeted that this morning. You've just stolen you? my tweet. How did I? Oh, well, um, I don't care. See, I, don't, I don't know if anyone else... <laughs> I don't know if How anyone else... you steal your tweets when you're muted? That's true. <laughs> I keep putting him down as spam. Um, <laughs> Henry, how are you? Is that the dreaded 2019-2020 shirt? Well, you can't bring that on here. That's bad. You're, you're on mute. He turns up late. He turns up oh, late. And mouse then can't oh, 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 your mouse doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Why are you bringing that bad juju of a shirt on? I'm getting all the bad juju out now before Sunday, and then I'll put this season's shirt on and we'll be good to go. I think that's the one we're going to have to get signed by all the players to try and get it, you know. I mean, we'll wash it first. Um, How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, good. Um, I've got a weirdly sort of positive feeling about it. I mean, we're probably going to get thumbs 6-0. Part of me thinks that something magical is going to happen on Sunday. 
Oh, could you even imagine it if it did? I can't even begin to put it into. I can't. You know, it kind of reminds me. You know, when you buy a Euro Millions ticket, when it's like you know 172 million, and you just for a little second let yourself you daydream. Dream, you? Yeah, you just let yourself daydream just that little <laughs> bit. Um, <laughs> that's exactly how it is at the moment. Yeah, that's that's how I've been for about the last three days. Do you want me to, you want me to bring you back down to earth? I think I worked it out that Brighton have earned more money this season. Then Grimsby Town have done in their lifetime. That is yeah, what we're up against. But yeah, but Alex, does money buy you three points on a Saturday? Come on now. No, but it gets you a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> 40 <laughs> of them. <laughs> and, they, and they turned down 80 million quid for Caicedo in January. That, that's the level we're that. talking about here. Well, yeah, the, the money's a different planet. It's just going to have to be the players completely up for it, kicking lumps out of them and riding the riding a lot massively and something magic happening do you I, think I can, we need I, to take a load of footballs right everyone needs to take a football under their seat if they break on a one-on-one someone has to take the bullet and throw that ball on in front of them to stop the play i'm thinking alex will be near the front so we need to get the bog roll action going i think <laughs> what just what? trying to hit matoma in the head <laughs> What like a, what like a bogmer all those years yeah. ago when someone oh, that was a beautiful bog roll that that I mean I'm happy to talk about that on this pod if you prefer that was the best unfurling I've ever seen has anyone got anything more on that bog roll it, was, it had the dish there's a good there's a good, there's a good Kevin Drinkle there's a good Kevin Drinkle at Chesterfield in 1980 that's got a, a it's a still photo but it's that's a quality one as well. Bruce, you've got us put together a um, a, mo- uh, a montage of best bog roll and furlings at Blundell Park and Town of Wayne. All right, mate. I'll see what I, I can do. I, d- I don't know if um, if anybody else has been like this this week, but I'm, I must be honest, I'm not massively excited other than, the, you know, the normal excitement of a game. N- nothing, nothing overly massive. But, I mean, this week, talking to the people we've spoken to, um, and looking today on social media and, and seeing all the coverage and stuff, I mean, just you can't help but just be so proud of like where we are at the minute. And I know, you know, we've had a, we've had a bad twelve months. Um, and when you look at it, sort of in the abstract, away from bad twelve months, <laughs> as we do our FA Cup quarter final. No, 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 we've had a, no, we've had, <laughs> no. So we've had, we've had like Sorry. a bad couple of years, and then the last twelve months. Like when we when we look at it out of the abstract of a bad result or a bad performance on a Saturday, I just just what we've achieved, we and other people that have followed town for years and years have never seen that and probably never will. So going into Sunday, my overwhelming feeling is just a bit of pride and like no matter what happens on Sunday, I don't really care to some extent. I just hope we all go down there. Those of us lucky enough to have a ticket realize that for each one of us there, there's probably three or four people that wish they were. And we just go down there and sort of show show what we're about and just back back the lads and back, back the team um, because we're incredibly proud of them and just show them what our town's all about because what they've given us over the last 12 months is immense. So it doesn't really matter what the score is. Just go down there, sing loud, sing proud and just enjoy the bloody day. And that's sort of no excitement, no expectation for me. I'm just so bloody proud of what they've done. It's um, <laughs> It's nice to not have the same sort of jeopardy that you have for the quarter. It mm. doesn't... It's not that it doesn't mean as much. It doesn't. There's not as much riding on it. If we lose, then we're just proud of where we've got to, immensely proud of everything that we've achieved. But it's not like, oh, God, we've got another season in the National League now. I've got to go Bromley away again. Henry, what were you going to say? Sorry? 
Yeah, I think it's um, it is a free hit, and it's just it's one. It, you just know going into it, it's one of those days. Like you know, Bruce with your with your sort of account that goes through the years, it's going to be one of those days that in 40, 50 years they're still going to play clips of it. it, and you know it going in, and you just hope that the atmosphere is even better than Southampton. I really hope so, because Southampton was just incredible. And if we can replicate that, then it's going to be an unbelievable day, whatever happens. Sam, sorry, I will come to you. I know I can... Sorry, I can see you keep muted. Josh just put this in, and I think this is brilliant. So he sent four pages about Grimsby to Rolf Otto Eriksson, so who he'll be commentating on the match for Norway on Via Sport. He asked for whom to look out for, and he's slightly worried Harry Clifton is going to be sold to Norway by the end of it. And he apologises to everyone as a result. So uh, Joss has got the, it's given Nor the Norwegians the inside track on Grimsby, which let's be honest, in the history of this town, it's not the first time. Uh, Sam, what were you going to say? Just a couple of things, really. So, I mean, obviously, we want to enjoy the day on Sunday, but I, I don't, uh, I'm not quite at the kind of like, I don't care about the score. I mean, I've heard Bruce say this a couple of times before, and I agree with him. I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to lose 7 0 on Sunday. Although I do think there's a, there's, I mean, I'm not going to say what I said before on the pod because I was accused of being overly negative. Um, but I, I've convinced myself in the past couple of days that we can actually win, courtesy of kind of like a, a sort of a, a, a kind of weird quirk of circumstances that leads to somehow us winning. Um, yeah, probably is the drink talking, to be fair. I did it on Twitter last night as well, as well, to be honest. Uh, tweeted it out, tweeted just before I went to bed saying that Waterfall's going to win, it's going to score the winner. Um, but no, I, I kind of, I, I just sort of like want to kind of double down on how like we should just remember this moment in the future and think that how appreciative we should be of what we've had over the last 12 months being Grimsby Town fans. And when, if it doesn't start well next season, just think this is what we've had um, before we kind of get too over the top, too cross, too kind of despondent about the reality of it and think that this is how good it can be under these guys and how good it may well be again. Because I think this is the beginning of something, not the end of something. And not in terms of the FA Cup journey, obviously, but in terms more holistically than that. Um, and it's just, I mean, I've had people in Parliament here coming up to me kind of saying, someone came to me lunch saying, oh, when, do you, are you, when you're playing, I, I want to watch you. It, 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 I've never had that, that before. That was Leo Nietzsche, that was, wasn't it? I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Which What, what colour are they playing in? When, when do you uh, play again? Yeah. It, no, she was a car she was a she's a Cardiff City supporter. She's a Cardiff City season ticket holder. And um she came up Ooh, to me. Leah Nietzsche. No, not Leah Nietzsche. One of my friends. Was, that, you, know, you know when you said at the start there was gonna be no politics at all. You said there's gonna be no politics at all. That lasted long, didn't it? Well I was talking about, I I was talking about one of my friends about and how she's a Cardiff City fan and she came up to see me and said, When you're playing, you're the ones who brought Leah Nietzsche into it. Surprised you got friends, Sam. To be fair, Le Leonie... you mentioned Parliament first. <laughs> oh, oh when not... I was in when I was in Parliament, you never, I you still never, am. You never when, I, when I was in the pub Just and this guy walked up to me. No, no, okay, then. right, yes. Yeah, so I was I was in the pub tonight and I had my, my quarterfinal um, memorabilia on. Or you've been mocking me in the group chat for the last week about how much money I've spent on merchandise and so on. That that tweet, that whoever put it in the group of. Um, that image of Joey when he wears all Chandler's cart clothes and that, that's Sam that, just that, buying that every my, bit that, of merch. That was Mike who put that in. 
<laughs> just buying every bit of merch that lands. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've had some pretty poor merch. There was that one time I had the Grimsby flag. So, so, where sorry, Grimsby... Alex. Sorry, Alex. Hannah told me off for using the word parley. That was that was the greatest crime I committed, apparently, according to Hannah. Yeah, well, this is that's why we call it the quarter. Fi- yeah, it's why we call it the quarter fifis. It's bad enough when Alex reaches out to people. That does my head in. Reach out, sorry. Reaching out. It's catching on in the, the this pod chat, though. It's a take that song. It's not... go, go in, going forward, Bruce, I won't do that. Get in touch. Just, just say I'm going to get in touch with. Because <laughs> reaching out, reaching out makes out like you can touch them and they're usually a virtual person that's not in the same room as you. Bruce, what's the... Um... What's the? Do you know what the record is for the pink kit this year? Because I think that's got the highest win percentage of all of them, and that's what we're in on Sunday. I don't, mate. I'm afraid. I do. Go on then. So I don't think we've lost in it. So we we, we won at Newport. Oh! <laughs> so we won at Newport in it. We won at Colchester in it. Luton. We, we, we drew at Luton in it. Um, we won in. Uh, and who else we played in it? We won at Colchester. Um, I said Colchester, and we won Sorry. at um, and Sutton in it the other night. There must be some other away games I've missed in that lot, but I've not I've not seen us losing it, and I'm going anyone, on Sunday. So, can anyone yeah, think of a, a game where we've lost in the pink kit? I think we have lost one, maybe. Oh, we won in we won at Rochdale in it. Yeah. Oh, it's coming out. <laughs> Hartlepool. Yeah, that's that, there. You go. Sorry, yeah, that, that's the. Uh, I thought there was one. I've that's me. I've not seen us losing it. That was my disclaimer. Sam, thank you for at least thirty seconds of me thinking that we we're guaranteed a win. Hannah, how are you feeling? How's everything in the um, Dawson household for this? Yes, I'm feeling um, slightly more negative than everyone else seems to be. I I don't think we'll be absolutely trashed. I do think it'll be a loss. Um, be a great time, you know. Whatever happens. Um, I don't think we can replicate Southampton. No, but we're ha- going to go bigger and better. <laughs> Hannah, right, we'll you- see you all next week. <laughs> the thing is, replicating Southampton is not good enough. We've got to be better than Southampton to beat Brighton. That That's the issue for me. Yeah, I think um, at Brighton, they're just a whole other level. Southampton's on the down, they're on the up. Um I think They've whatever just... happens, we're going to give it everything and, and it'll be a cracking game to watch. But I I admire everyone's optimism. I just don't really share it. It's not my optimism. It's Camden Hells' optimism. It's not me. How good are you going to feel when all this sort of, you know, worry and anxiousness is going to evaporate when we're 3-0 up with uh, three minutes to go? Yeah. I mean, if that happens... When you're first then... on the pitch... I'll be stood on the chair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I wish it would, but I don't think it would. That's Hannah. Hannah seems to be doing donut wheels on the pitch in a camper van. Sorry, <laughs> hang on a second. When I did this on Sunday, I got stick and people wanted to mute me and kick from the chat. When Hannah does it, we should agree with her. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just sorry, Sam. It was just easy. What were you going to say, Bruce? Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody thinks we're going to win. Nobody actually thinks we're going to win, do we? People are just, you know, I think... I would... I'd start, In my heart, I would... Sorry, with my head, I would snap your hand off for a 3-0 defeat and go down 
proud. Like Sam says, I just don't want to see us get, I don't want to see us get absolutely walloped on national TV that the world's watching. You know, we've had this week of build-up. So if they did, by some chance, get a couple of early goals, take off, they do what they do in kids' football. And, you know, when it gets to three or four, that each time they score, they just take a player off. You know, we, we could do that and, you know, we go home four nil defeat. We're pride intact, but in my heart, oh my they get God, a man Prince. set off. They, they get a man set off early with VAR, and we uh, and, and town, and it's a level playing field, and, and town win it. What is this? Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just hope if if anything, if we don't win, I just hope we all stay till the end and cheer them off and give them the reception they deserve because what they did was. What they've done is phenomenal. Even if it ends tomorrow on Sunday, it's been incredible. It's another memory. Uh, yeah, another one of those core memories for every town fan to talk about. And I'm just really proud that I get to be there and, and you know, scream the blue murder for 90 minutes. I, I, I think, I think quite honestly, we've already won. I don't think people are going to see... <laughs> honestly, I don't think people are going to see what we've seen over the last, last year or so when you look back at it. You know, I honestly, just enjoy it. The fact we're in the quarterfinals, the FA Cup, and what happens, happens. But we've we've already done enough to to come out of there just massively proud of everything. What are we going to spend the money on? A flag. You'll find out when uh, when we put Jason on a kindy. <laughs> but can you can we just just give it? Let's just have a minute where we do win. I mean, people were hugging people that they didn't know at the end at Southampton. You know, the guy nearest you or the girl nearest you got a, you know, got a kiss or a hug or whatever. Can you imagine, just for a second, or just for a minute, that at the end of that game on Sunday, we've we've gone through, we've done what no fourth tier team has ever ever done in the history of football, and are in the semi-finals at Wembley. But birth rate in Grimsby will go up, won't it? Birthright in Brighton will go up as well. We'll be down there. Hannah will be bringing three puppies home. Yeah. <laughs> I got I so many I dogs. <laughs> I don't think I can comprehend that, Bruce. That would just be mental. And that might be a little bit my viewpoint now. I'm like, I'm just not even allowing myself to have a moment of it. But could yeah. you? Yeah, it would be bonkers. It would be absolutely bonkers. But it's 11 against 11 on a, on a football pitch. There's, there's bigger shocks that have happened than what, what could happen on Sunday. Are there really bigger shocks that have happened? Really? Yeah. I'm not saying it. Well, I mean, Leic- Leicester City won the Premier League to start. That's probably a bigger shock. That's a big one, I would say. Yeah, but they only, beat 20, they only beat 20 teams or 19 teams that are in the same division as them. We're, aren't we something like 80 places below below Black, uh, Brighton in the Pyramid? Yeah, we're about about 80, 78, I think it is. There's massively bigger shocks that have happened on a football pitch than than a League Two team beating a Premier League team in the FA Cup. Massively bigger ones. Yeah. We did it literally two weeks ago. Granted, it's not yeah. the same. We, we, we did it against Tottenham. Anybody, we nearly did any... it against Shearer, who's there on Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, we did it against Spurs. That was a big shock. That was a decent team they put out and all. You never know. Well, let's hope so. Uh, anyone got anything to add before we go on to this incredible selection of videos we've got? Can I stay on and watch them? Of course you can. I suppose we've got a slight advantage that their manager won't be on the touchline. 
that's that's one positive we can take going into it. And we played on Tuesday, they played on Wednesday. I mean, this is straw clutching at the there end of the at the end of the degree, Hannah, but take everything you can get. Yeah, I have to say, I was hoping Palace were going to injure a few more of their players. It was quite disappointing, but never mind. Alex? Yes, mate. How long have we been going now? 36. Right, when are we doing the Mansfield preview? Oh, <laughs> we're not playing, Matt. If we win the semi-final, we're just, you know, if don't matter. Like, if we get have to the got, semi-final... Uh, is, is the first part of this video, like... Some guy from Mansfield. Could you imagine if we now just broke into a Mansfield preview? (laughs) (laughs) I saw someone was getting grief. Who was getting grief earlier? Someone was talking about, um, I think it was Nolan, the American. I think he was getting some grief on Twitter from a Wrexham fan. I was like, mate, we've got other stuff to worry about right now. Like, you know, attention elsewhere. Because, you know, we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And I can't believe I still get to say that. It's just a shame that that, they... It's just a shame that the draw is after our game and not before it, because whatever happened then would be in the semi-final draw. <laughs> Bonkers. Anybody got anything to say before we go? And we, I mean, I'll be back at the end just to say goodbye. But anybody else? I'll see you all uh, on Sunday. Come on, come on, the mighty Mariners. What are you going to say, Henry? Pretty much what Bruce said. <laughs> and yeah. uh, big, yeah. big thanks to you, Alex, for organising everything for this and all the interviews. And hope everybody enjoys them. I do too. Uh, the only thing I do have to say is if we win, if I'm found, can you please hand me into a responsible adult? Uh, because <laughs> just look after me. <laughs> Make sure I don't forget the flag. Uh, I'm going to tell right. you, you live in Grimsby. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of our Norwegian fans. I saw him get off the supporters bus earlier. <laughs> Just put him in the back. Put him on a back seat. You can sleep it off. Why can I hear seagulls? <laughs> right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you all on Sunday. We're going to start with Laura Williamson. Laura is um, the deputy editor of the Athletic, uh, but he's also a massive town fan. Uh, and then we'll go into a, quite a few others. But um, we shall see you all very soon. I like them though that's the problem hello everybody I like Wrexham and I really like their fans and the Rob Ryan Red podcast are lovely guys but there is that sort of is is it envy I don't know it's just like I don't know it's like having a brother that your parents prefer and that's that's how I feel like the, the footballing world prefers them you've done like you're the Lisa Simpson of the of the family and they're bar, and because they haven't burnt down a school, they're getting all the praise and attention. And you've just, you know, won a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, we've just we've just family. started we've just started an interview on the biggest <laughs> weekend of our club's history in, in it's 1939, mate. And you've just started talking about Wrexham. I would say that you're they not doing would, anything I would, for the. I would say that they would say you're obsessed. Yeah, well, they can do. I mean, if it gives us some money, he's just sold. He just sold his mobile thing for like one point three five billion. God, Paul yeah. Mullins going to be re- swimming in it. <laughs> You're not doing much for the narrative here, mate. We just started and all. Oh, yeah, I like Wrexham. <laughs> well, 
everybody thank you all so much for joining this part of it i don't know how this is going to knit together it's probably going to be an absolute car crash of editing on my side of things so apologies but we are joined by laura williamson who is the deputy editor of the athletic but more importantly is a town fan and that is what we'll be talking about <laughs> all the time we've already we've already this we've already discussed case to bonfire and uh anything else related to that was it Grammar or Yarborough? Did you go to either of those schools? No, no, other no. side of the river. Oh, oh, was it? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah. so what? Own. When everyone else had snow days, you still had to go in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bruce, we how are you to... doing? Why am, I, why am I saying how are you doing? Because this is going to be one long podcast. This is being chilled. You know, I actually, I actually. I actually, like you say, it's going to be a very long podcast, but I actually thought when you introduced Laura, then you were going to say, and more importantly, by Mike McMahon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh no, that's a great way to welcome our, our guests, but um, I'm all right. Great to be here, like... everybody. Great to be here. Lovely to see you all. <laughs> no, I'm great. I, th I think I think that's a good place to start, isn't it, Laura? Then if you, you, you were on the North Bank, how, presumably there's a family connection to the club? <laughs> yeah, my my dad moved to um, well, near Case to Swallow when I was about ten, um, and that's what we did every weekend. Went went to watch town um, and went home and away for a few seasons, and and it's just gone. It just went from there. I loved it. I grew, that was... I grew up near Swallow. Ah, very nice. I was in Beal I was in Bealsby. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. yeah. We'll we'll talk Kill to you me. two later. <laughs> to be fair, to be, to be fair, Alex, Keelby's not far, is it? No, it's all it's all the same market raisin patch for Lincolnshire Police. Can I say <laughs> I have no idea where any of these places are? Being being from Yorkshire, no idea what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's all the same. Don't worry. We all have one pub each. The Swallow Inn is pretty decent. There's a good oh, yeah. Sunday lunch. Sorry, Laura's reminiscing now. I am <laughs> a bit wistful here. <laughs> The Clickham does quality food. The Clickham, <laughs> yeah. We we filmed a, a a college project at the Clickham Inn because it was so isolated. We wanted like you know, like Royston Vasey local shop in the middle of nowhere, and we used the Clickham Inn. That's all I remember that for. Sorry, random. <laughs> I think I was like, "What are you doing?" Our uh, college, but I mean, so I guess with your head on, is it been nice to have a week or so where Grimsby has been? on the forefront of work or is it a bit surreal oh it's lovely it's really really lovely i know that sounds naff but um I, I was in new york on a work trip for the southampton game and the, in the new york times offices trying to be all big and important and just on my phone like following the score it was totally surreal and then obviously when the goals went in and i'm like yes and everyone's like are you okay like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> just, and then trying to explain, it was like so my colleague was like, oh, she's just following Grimsby. And they just looked at me blankly. And it's like, oh, well, they're in, <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting into the FA Cup quarterfinals. And it's like these vacant nods, like, okay, love, you're all right, you're all right. Um, and then just all and sundry, sort of people I hadn't spoken to for years, old colleagues and stuff, getting in touch and sort of congratulating me, like I was <laughs> Pick the team or help them in some way. Like this, it was a smashing energy. penalty you scored. A smashing <laughs> then, penalty. Well done. It's utterly bonk, isn't it? But that's lot of bottle. <laughs> Laura's, Laura's in charge of the VAR. <laughs> yeah. I did used to work for Hawkeye, so maybe that's there. You go. Online technology. Um, but yeah, just it just just kept it. It's just made me smile all the time. Like 
people, like genuinely people I've spoken to for five years ringing me up and saying, really well done. What? <laughs> it's brilliant. But that's football, isn't it? All I'm, all I'm thinking is this has been a lifelong crusade to finally be able to do a 10-page article in The Athletic on Alan Powton or, I don't know, Adam Proudlock or someone. Oh, Alan Powton, no step over. Oh, oh my God. I Found a kindred him. spirit here, guys. Oh, I used to love him. I used to love him. I think I've got, what a joy, when, when you join The Athletic, you have to do this naff, like, why I've joined thing. I think I've got Powton and his step overs in and Livo's like little... <laughs> Those little flick-on headers he used to do that never went anywhere. Oh, vintage. It was terrifying when he was defending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Those were the days. We used to go yeah. on um, we used to go on away trips with his son. He was a uh, Frankie, I think his name was. He was the right lad. I don't God knows what he's doing now. <laughs> That's go. amazing. When did you so what were your what were your core seasons at town? Where were your um, a bit of a glory hunter because it was sort of 90. That's, that was quick. 90, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was 97, 98 that it was like, bloody hell, this is good. You go to Wembley twice in six weeks. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm signing up for this. Um, and then probably probably the next five five seasons was sort of there all the time. And then it then it dwindled as I went to uni and things like that. But yeah, fond memories. I got to cover a game there when I was at the Daily Mail. Um, I think it was Huddersfield in the FA Cup, whenever that was. Um, and yeah, that was all that was all about um tinfoil FA Cups and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. Oh well, well we've got to try and find one at least uh, this week. <laughs> it's Definitely. the um I just like this idea that this I don't know how it works. What well, you like car keys for cab drivers or something going, who wants to take this one? And no one no one is asking to do cover Grimsby Town v Huddersfield and there's you. <laughs> And they're like, I'd love to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> what is it? I guess we should probably ask Matt Dan at this, but it's not the same thing. What is it like for as a being a journalist following the team you love in those sort of rare occurrences when it's it's not a daily thing, it's it's a one-off. Does it does it ruin the experience or does it just add an extra? Can you not enjoy it like you you've got to, you know, be nailing down and doing your work or have you already written the article by the time you get there? <laughs> you know you're going to write. Well, I think, I've, I've, yeah, I think I'm fortunate in that it wouldn't have to be nuts and bolts of you know analysing the game. It would be it'd be written from you know experience, and it it's it's all. I mean, for me, because I don't I don't get to see them as often, obviously, as I'd like. It's it's all about the what it means and the emotion and remembering you know sitting there in the main stand watching the ships go which, which ship was going to win the race because it was so boring and all that sort of stuff and um sort of bringing back memories of little chef on a saturday and all this sort of stuff um it's quite ironic quite ironic really isn't it that you've sort of that you've you've got into a job probably because of your interest in sport and football and and that sort of stuff that actually prevents you from following the <laughs> team that you support you yeah. know as much as you would like yeah, no, definitely. Because when I was um, when I was a reporter, I was obviously all over the place. All every Saturday, Sunday, there was no chance I could get back. And um, and now still work weekends, but um, yeah, rewriting other people's copy now it's not quite as glamorous. Scott, why have you put a random mention of Alan Powton in this uh, in this in this <laughs> Liverpool Real Madrid copy? <laughs> 
who's that? Who's that? Yeah. It's like Messi scored the winner in the World Cup final. It reminded me of that goal that Alan Pouton scored away. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but then it's like, it's almost like a bit of a test for people. Like if they know, if they know these names, you think, oh, you're all right. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Rather than that it... than some random South American. Is it given, is it quite, is it still quite a um, a rarity that people within your industry support smaller clubs, or is it quite common? Because I did I did journalism, nowhere close to anything you do, but in terms of the vast majority of people that were there, when I talked to them, they all supported a lower league club, Cambridge or you know mm. Oldham or something. Is is that quite the mainstay, or is it? There's mostly Manchester United fans kicking about and a couple of Arsenal fans too, yeah. and you're still no, treated as a rare thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still it's what people it's definitely what people remember you for, but um, I think it is quite common to have a a lower league or a local team. And there's obviously a massive like West Ham Spurs contingent because there's so many Londoners sort of thing. But um, but no, there's our place is um, you know Blackpool. It, it's it's more Championship I'd say than 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 lower league. But um, yeah, it's plenty of us knocking about. Definitely, it's proper football, isn't it? <laughs> Have you sort of, sort of in your in your role, sort of in in sports journalism? Have you noticed something I seem to have done, which is a a sort of a hardship for lower league football and lower league teams to make much um, much of the headlines these days? I'm sort of thinking about the cup run, uh, and especially beating Southampton. There wasn't much. Mm-hmm. There was little reports, but there wasn't much on it. So, have you noticed that over time that you don't hear much about lower league clubs in the main sort of sports media these days? Um, and then looking back at the cup run and what it's done for Grimsby looking back at maybe maybe the effect it had on Lincoln um what's your opinion on how that may really help the club moving forward the amount of exposure they've had recently and maybe turning a narrative around about the town we're from um because somebody have a beat up on it so do you think that that'll be beneficial for the club moving forward yeah I turned to the second one first I, re- I really think it will I mean I couldn't, I couldn't believe all that Lineker BBC stuff last weekend, and I was thinking, oh no, please, no, 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 don't, don't ruin, don't ruin Towns moment, please, <laughs> you know, solidarity with everyone that walked out, but please don't raid on Towns Parade because, um, you know that that BBC one slot on Sunday afternoon, I don't think you can underestimate that of casual, casual viewers turning on and. And hopefully they tell they tell the story and you know make it engaging and and I do think without wanting to go back to Wrexham I do think that will help that um, you know they've they've done what they've done with the documentary and everything so successfully and yes they've got two Hollywood stars behind them but that I think it's shown that there are these stories there in the lower leagues and they're just dying to be told like, that's what we we find all the time in that because you're right Mike people lower league clubs don't get the exposure they they need and we find when you go and you just press a few you know press on a few doors and people want to talk to you and there's just this like a bit naff word but this tapestry of stories that are, are there and the audience is there um definitely and especially like for us in the in the states like people absolutely love it and they'll be like oh, nancy frostick did a piece with town and it it did brilliantly, and it's like it's readers in you know Minnesota reading about Grimsby. <laughs> the audience is there, there. Must, just get into them. There must be one person who watched the the Wrexham documentary who doesn't support Wrexham but supports us because we were the winners. 
surely there's got to be at least <laughs> yeah, one that yeah. is a real glory supporter who gets it and just goes, I'm going to support the ones that beat them. And yes. I want to find them. Hopefully they're in Min- that's that one person in Minnesota reading it and that they're just, you know, fully embedded now into the whole thing. But it's, it's just because they want it more. That's what it is. Yeah, they want it more. They want, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, do you think the FA Cup has the same? Oh, this is sorry. No, do you know what? I'm not going to ask it because it's so blooming cliched. Um, but no, I, I don't think, think it does. <laughs> no, fine, good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> do you think? I'll, I'll try and rephrase it. Do you think the FA Cup needs clubs like us to keep it relevant? in terms of the the magic and the nostalgia and if it was just southampton in the quarterfinals this fa the interest in the fa cup would probably have diminished slightly to what it is now yeah yeah i think it does and i don't think that's biased to say that um i think i think the league cup has got a limited shelf life now i think that will be the first thing to go when when the big boys sort of get their way with more european games and that sort of thing but um i think the fa cup is it is it is unique and you know the fact we've gone on this run and beaten what it, five teams higher than us never been done before like it's that that's special and and without wanting to talk about americans all the time but it's, it's like there's this massive audience there that are tuning in to soccer football and that they, they just have no concept that you could do that because there's nothing there's nothing similar over there at all um, so sort of explaining all of that and trying to get people to tap into that, I think, yeah, possibilities are endless, really. So what you're saying is the next store should be in Times Square. It shouldn't be in Freshly yeah. Place. <laughs> next... Yeah, yeah. I think we've, got, next... we've got a great brand. You know, it's, it's easy to I'm, understand. I'm quite, su- I'm quite surprised they don't do something like uh, the Premier League or something. Like they have a Premier League shop and then you can all buy it. And then, I don't know, in the very far back, uh, like behind the beaded curtain is lower league shirts. Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> yeah. brilliant! But don't forget, we've got we've got three American fans. It doesn't take long to expand that fan base. That's true. Yeah, it might be on another... different coasts, but it's only on a map. It's only that far, isn't it? A couple of inches, so exactly. they can build up a fan base. What did you? What do you attribute to sort of do you, the the success that Paul Hurst has had in sort of knockout football, in terms of? League form is fine. It's middling. It's you know it's good for what we want to achieve. But in knockout, finished top of the Tim Pot Trophy group. Obviously, three went through the uh, playoffs, won three games in that. Went quite far in the League Cup, lost to Forest, and then obviously quarterfinals. Is there are there clubs like that that do that, or is this are we just in a special? Good question. It does. It does feel special, doesn't it? I. I mean. Part of it, it's a really bland answer, but part of it is is going for it on all fronts, and you know, not doing that really naff thing of we've got to protect our league position or whatever. Um, and it, it does, I don't know, maybe it's trite to say it does feel it does feel special on those those away games, especially or when Blundell Park's absolutely you know rocking. But he's just—it just feels like right time, right place, right man, doesn't it? And he's, he's tapped into something, and everyone's bought into it. And I mean, I'm probably going to come completely come a cropper at the weekend, but you know, let's let's enjoy the ride, basically. What do you think the club should? Um, I guess with the with the money coming in, is it 
is it as transformative in football now as we'd like to think it is? Because in in the grand scheme of things, what we're looking at probably what might one point six million, I guess, if if it ends next week, one point three. I, I think you've got eight eight and three quarters plus your gate receipts, which probably takes it somewhere up there, depending on what the policing costs and stuff were. So you, you saw yeah. ballpark, I think, uh, nearly nine hundred thousand yeah. in, in in prize money. And TV. Is that sort of yeah? Is that sort of transformative nowadays, or is it sort of actually chump change? Because Lincoln put it into a training facility. I've got to be honest; when I've seen it, it isn't much different from Cheapside, mm. really. Uh, but it's a, it was at least a symbol of them moving forward, and they're not playing it. I think it was playing at one of the colleges. Um, but is there anywhere the club could go with it with your sort of head on your experience? Where could the club invest that to make the most out of it rather than just, you know, playing budget, I guess? Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you want you want to look at Blundell Park and improvements there, but um press room. I, yeah, press room, yeah, better sandwiches. <laughs> but I think I think reinvesting it in the playing squad and, and that's I think that's when it will go that sort of money will go pretty far. Um, because obviously the owners have completely got their heads screwed on um, and and won't overpay for people. But I think I think reinvesting in some of that in in the in the squad is, is absolutely the way forward. Um, I mean, sort of in terms of in terms of League Two wages, that that goes a hell of a long way. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think when you when you look at infrastructure. Um, improvements i think that's capital expenditure i think they'll they'll borrow to get the asset and build it and what have you i think when they get a windfall like this they'll be looking at immediately unrealized gains just whacking it into the playing budget and seeing how they can manage it that way all the improvements they're doing are obviously capital things which i think they've accounted for so that to me that would make sense whack it in the playing budget try and invest in the squad try get yourself up a couple of leagues and then you're in a better position even a league above you're in a better position just because of the cup run yes Definitely, definitely. And that gap, that gap sort of, you know, championship to League One, League Two, it's it's not what it used to be. So, you, you know, you're getting carried away here now. <laughs> but, but, you know, championship it, you ain't know. that much better either, is it? <laughs> no, no. We'll go Premier not. League as well. We'll get all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. I, get some parachute payments. Happy days. I just want the little app logo on the Athletic where the little Grimsby Town badge. I'm waiting for that to happen. Oh, can you imagine? Oh my god! I just turned into Philip Day then, didn't I? Like championship in five years. Just in a couple of seconds. Well, you went Premier League. You went even yeah. further. Oh, I'm, all be, I'm big and I've gone early. There's a 36 page thread on the fishy now about you being uh, out of touch. <laughs> what, what's your um? What's your best case scenario Saturday, uh, Sunday then, Laura? What do you? What do you? What do you? My my oh. my heart my heart sort of you know says we hold in it and we don't want to concede early because. We have had a little bit of fortune in that we've conceded early against Luton away, conceded early against Southampton away, and both goals were chalked off. Um, what do you, what are you hoping for, and what do you think might happen? Oh, hoping, hoping for, yeah, st- just staying in it, staying in it until an hour, something like that, because you know they're not they're not a vocal crowd down there, um, and I think. You know they're doing incredibly well under Zerbi, but I don't know if you if you could just if you if you could just stay in it, you know you never know. Um, hand on, you know, with, with my head talking, I, I think it's going to be really really hard because 
they're blooming good <laughs> and they're flying at the moment. Um, but I don't know, I mean, he, he looks like a manager you could rattle, quite frankly. So <laughs> if he can get in his head and he can uh, throw a so bit Dave, of an Italian strop, that'll be, uh, you know. Dave got Moore needs to two-foot him, is that what <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, edge of the technical area, you know. Make it Dave Moore's just sit, sit, sitting, on a, sitting on a drinks cart and just staring him out with his shorts on, <laughs> just like not moving his gaze. Stroking his thighs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the FA Cup, son. Yeah. yeah. I can't I believe he, um, what... Sorry, go, Bruce. No, I was just going to say, I, th- I think the first the first 15 or 20 minutes is crucial. Um, I think we, we've... Both against Luton away and Southampton, We not only did we concede that they were chalked off, but... You could see the how sharp their players looked first. Just just, a, just that yard faster and that touch was just so good. And it took us a while to grow into both games. Um, and I think both games could have been a different story had those goals counted. Um, mm-hmm. But well, so I think it's it's really. But it, it is. I mean, I know you say that about the gulf between the Championship and League One and that sort of thing. But but Premier League top three, top five or four or five or whatever they are now to. 15th in league two is is a massive massive goal uh, you know golf and i just you know we just need to be absolutely on our game don't we and and hope that that they that they're not and, and as you say if we can keep it tight their fans might their, their fans are certainly going to tip up expecting a hat full of oh, goals and an easy passage totally they'll be booking their you know trips to wembley no messing i don't think just... that, i think that's the only way we can yeah that's the only way we can do it <laughs> I'm hoping Crystal Palace have gone full L1. I'm losing 3-0 to my brother on FIFA and they're going to finish with seven men tonight. And and the, the Brighton changing rooms looks a bit like the scene out of Gone, oh, with, gone with the Wind with them all clutching their, their ankles and their heels. But are they... Are Brighton a, a team that clubs like ourselves should look at for inspiration? Or are they... I mean, they were quite well invested in but is there a, a story about investing wisely? And I mean, the stadium is incredible. But oh, I mean, cool. it's inc- we, they were the last team we played in the championship before we were relegated. And is that does does Grimsby have it in them to do what Brighton have done in terms of as a town move forward into that ream, or is that incredible? Well, I think I think if you look at if you look at the city, you know, well, like the city of Brighton and Hove compared to Grimsby Town, it's absolutely possible. But they just Brighton and Tony Bloom. This, you know, I mean, made his money through gambling and this incredible mind, and he's he's fun, he's got the right people doing the right things. Like they're um, the way they the way they scout, the way they um, sort of forward plan you know they they already know who the next manager is going to be um and it's, which it's, it's really really impressive um and you know the way in the in the transfer market the way they've held on to people they want to hold on to and then and then got rid of people they want to get rid of if done phenomenally well um but it's all it it's all very systematic it's all database so therefore it's possible to replicate basically I mean, you know, not not everyone can be the bloke who invented the Asian handicap in betting, but you know, it's all it's it's all based on on numbers and data, and they've done phenomenally well. And at the same time, they've tapped into that. I mean, you know, it was dreadful and playing at the with Dean and Gillingham and all the rest of it, but 
they've they've tapped into that and they've they've kept I don't know kept this sort of the romance of the story as well as this very harsh hard data-led approach it's pretty phenomenal but you'd think you could replicate it if you wanted to <laughs> they um they, they obviously you know from the bits you see they seem to do things right and they have an interesting model that just seems to keep rolling things out i don't know if this is a naive or simplistic view from the outside but they do strike me a little bit <clears throat> excuse me um similar to how southampton used to be a few years ago where they would they would get good players young train them up sell them out make a profit and then just keep that conveyor belt going um hopefully you know they don't go the same way as southampton but they have a very similar view of like it doesn't matter if we lose our manager doesn't matter if we lose our best players yeah. there's someone coming along and that i think is a lesson to a lot of smaller clubs that you can't go out and buy buy the talent but you can buy it young and then maybe get that money back and reinvest it so that's interesting yeah definitely and the club in um belgium isn't it that they've they've got a sort of uh well, they hate it when you say feeder club, but there's another club with a relationship there. Um, and and this and just, just that Brighton had a World Cup winner. Mad. I have a lot of teams. Because I've read something about a lot of teams in the Premier League, like Brighton. Are they getting relationships with European teams? by like an ownership model so owner owner groups are buying european teams so they can buy european younger players because i know you can't you can't buy them under under 18 now can you in the premier yeah. league so I, I thought i read that you know they were buying european clubs to get these players and then sell them on when they're 18 is that is that actually a thing that's happening yeah yeah lots of the, they're all at it basically and it's either either actually buying a club or an, or an investment or investing in a club or having a sort of formalised partnership whereby, you know, player comes from Brazil into, I don't know, Portuguese second league team. Um, Palace are talking Palace, their, their owner, John Texter, has got an investment in Portugal as well. Um, and then, yeah, when the player's 18, comes over to the Premier League club um, to get around those Brexit rules that they all absolutely hate. <laughs> We're going to start How doing much? it with, with, with National League North Scunthorpe. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've got a I've got a fiver. <laughs> That'll buy you two players, mate. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking while Laura was talking about about the um, about the uh, you know the, the planning for the future and stuff. We, we do realise we've got Russell Slade lined up again. You know, should yeah. go wrong. <laughs> I just want to know oh, how much do we you lose to, trust? Uh, you lose trust, mate. How much do we have to pay for a bit of Boa Vista or Atlanta? Just <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> here you go, Atlanta. We've got. Cut money here. We would like thirty percent of your club. <laughs> Can you imagine? We've got a great kit. You could have you could have the synergy of the kit. You could all play black and white stripes. All going to be great. Oh, no, what was it? Sienna. Sienna's the team we need to be involved in. They play mm. in black and white. Their town. Their town. The the town tower is the dock tower, isn't it? Got it sorted. They're what? Oh. Seri C now. Sorted. Oh, you got Santos in Brazil. There we go. We're, we're joining dots together. We'll tell Jason. Perfect. Get it sorted. Is it just, is it just black and white model. teams? Yeah, not <laughs> counting. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, I mean, I guess if we get to semi final, are you uh, are you happy to take a, a you know a bump down the, the bump down the ladder to do a bit of reporting? Oh hell yes, yeah. Won't, uh, won't be able to keep me away from that. 
Definitely. Although, again, I wouldn't want to sit in the press box. <laughs> I'd be bobbing up and down in the, uh, in the town. We'll, we'll, we'll swap if you want. We'll do the cheat. We'll do, we'll do. You can get. You can have the Brighton seat. We'll go sit in the press box. <laughs> I've just seen just, La- I've just seen Laura on the concourse. I've yeah. she, rang in sick. she rang in sick this morning. <laughs> it was like that bit in it was like that bit in Southampton when I was sat. I don't know about you, Bruce, but I was stood. It was before about thirty minutes before kickoff. It was really quiet, and then I started to get that little whiff of pyro. I'm like, where is everybody? <laughs> and then I went into the concourse, and the whole place is, you know, there's some kid holding onto a beam, dangling like Spider-Man. And then there's this other lad like on his shoulders and, you know, smoke and beer being thrown. Everyone's like, oh, right, I found everybody. <laughs> Brilliant. I never even oh. noticed, mate. I just... No, just we, normal. We, we, we were in early. Yeah, we were in early. and um, But yeah, it was. I have seen the videos and it looked, it looked pretty lively. And uh, my, I did speak to one of the lads from work though, and he was with his lad, and uh, he said he's, he said his lad, his lad's about twelve or thirteen, and he just said him and his mates kept disappearing to the toilet and the snack bar and stuff, and <laughs> he's like, where do they keep going? He said they keep yeah. coming back, and then they'll disappear for ten minutes and come back again, and he said he followed him the last time, and his his, his lads in the middle of it with like blo- with blokes throwing beer all over him and stuff, and his lad was just absolutely loving it, crowd surfing. That's, yeah, he's yeah, like, I don't want to tell me dad, but I'm, I'm moshing. I'm moshing with the town fans in front of the snack bar under the concourse with a with a pyro in my hand. <laughs> Laura, you say you you're saying like your husband was not a massive town, not not, not a massive football fan. So what was that? That I I quite like the interaction of people from Grimsby who don't live in Grimsby anymore, bringing their loved ones. Like, <laughs> this is a big. This is a big moment. This is I'm going to show you a big part of me, and I'm going to show you Grimsby away. And what is that? Re- what was that reaction like? What did he think of it? And when did you first take him? Oh, he came. He came fairly early on, and it, <laughs> I think it's probably must be one of the first times we met my dad, and probably had to like li- <laughs> just like listen to because my dad's a bit of a stato. Like he lo- loves okay. a pub quiz. Loves you know you know he, he could tell you who scored the goal in whatever final or rest of it. So I think Rich, my husband, had to come and not only like experience Grimsby for the first time, but listen to my dad telling him about, you know, every single result from about 1962. And he was just, yeah, he, he doesn't get it, bless him. He just really doesn't get it. And then, and then we, there was a Woking game a few years ago and we, we sort of all went as a family because my sister-in-law's mum is the was the accountant for Woking, so that side of the family went as well. And I mean, they literally like mouths agape, like I just couldn't couldn't understand what on earth was going on. Like, it wasn't why? the wigs at Woking one, was it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. We so. just couldn't. I don't know. It's it's just a lot, isn't it, for people to sort of um, get their heads round. Um, so yeah, hence hence not trying to recreate the family uh, excursion to the Amex at the weekend. My 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 son's first game was at Woking. He was like eighteen months old because my wife's a Woking fan, and um, he she passed him over at half time across oh. the like the meshing, and I got a cheer <laughs> as we took across him. The <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. We've taken possession. Yeah, he's now one of us. 
He's, he's not. He keeps singing Harlan songs. It's really irritating. <laughs> Are we signing him? No. I mean, it depends how far we go in the cup. How many million did we say it was? I think I think we need a few more. You don't need to do that. Laura, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so oh, much. Thanks for having me. Thank no, I, honestly, any time because um, it's great and it's fantastic to see someone doing so well, being a massive town fan, spreading the spreading the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> town we trust. Come on. Yeah, Come on. I just that that incredible piece during the takeover, and it's just the idea that these guys who did they did a great job on the article, and if you haven't read it, it's well worth going back to if it's still there about sort of the history of the club and where it's found itself. I just thought this idea that you sat them down for like four and a half hours explaining <laughs> absolutely everything. <laughs> With a Russell Slade PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, just this massive... I think I put a tweet up of like Lisa Simpson in that PowerPoint. It's like slide one of 3,280. <laughs> yeah, if you don't recognise Pat Glover and Jackie Bestall by the end of the afternoon, then, you, then you're down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! And the reporter go, can you just talk to me about John Fenty? I was like, whoa, we're going to need some time. We're going to need some time. <laughs> I'm gonna go let's, have a, let's have a sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a bar in the is there a bar in the office? Just gonna go it. It's a mad it's a Mad Men bit or a Suits bit when they drop pour the straight drink and sit down. Yeah. If there really enough time to cover all that, you'd need a montage, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> just a bit. Just a bit. So you've, so start, Alex, you've started this with Wrexham and you finished it with John Fenty. <laughs> this is supposed to be... Laura supposed to, went this there. Is, this is the highlight of... This is the highlight of... Yeah, well, it's, it's ended up there. To, 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 to realise how good it is and how far we've come, you have to realise where we've been. Yeah, Did and it was And it was Colville away. <laughs> I'll leave that with you. I, I went to Colville. It was cold as well. It was bloody freezing. Was it? I it can't. Was like what Bradley, was your Bradley pitches with a rope round it? What was your What was your nadir? What was Was Colville like? Was that how far you thought we'd sunk, Bruce? I think I'm trying to work out what would have been for me. Excellent. Everyone know. says the Braintree five nil, wasn't it? it? Was a lot of people yeah. say that when we lost five nil at Braintree in the conference? That was that was a lot of people's lowest. But I mean. We did manage to to, to 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 lose to some pretty shit opposition after that, didn't we? Um, I mean, like you Bath. say, we well, we played. Uh, yeah, we lost to Bath. Was that when we were still in the league? Then weren't we? Yeah, I thought we. I just thought it can't get worse than this. Oh, 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 <laughs> I mean, I mean we're, we're really not helping this positivity thing. Sorry. Well, we're going to win the. The amount of times. We're going to the FA Cup. fine. The amount of times from about 2007 to about 2013 or 14 that I would trudge down Grimsby Road and. Just say it can't get any worse than that, and then about a month or two, about six weeks later, you were trudging down Grimsby Road, going, "It can't get any worse than that, can it?" And there were less people to listen to you every time. <laughs> I like the idea that we win the FA Cup, and we just, as the bus goes past with the trophy, and we're all just stood there talking, going, "God, can you remember Histon away?" <laughs> yeah, we'll win oh, the Hayes. FA Cup, and you Hayes. and Bruce will be like oh. those, be like those two Muppets. What's the name of them that just sit in the oh, top? Oh, Stadler and Waldorf. Yeah. Oh well, it well we wouldn't in our year. It wasn't quite like this. Don't know the ball. Well, for, the four Yorkshiremen thing. It still yeah, won't yeah. be good enough, Mike. Will it? Yeah. No, hey, no, you still won't be happy. We're back in the league. We're back in the league, comfortably mid-table, and we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't think there's. I'm really surprised it hasn't got much more traction actually as a whole story. Mm. Like yeah. eight twenty. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean it's Laura's fault, but. 
I mean, <laughs> we did two thousand words. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on I'm on Turkish TV on Friday and it's going out in China as well. Oh, Are you say. on Turkish TV? <laughs> Where can we watch that? Actually, I've got I can get Turkish channels Turkey. here on the list. <laughs> yeah. Everyone fly over. Please we've got to have a Turkish fan that's going to be able to watch it. Do you know what it's on? Uh, I can't I can't remember the oh, name of the channel, city, mate. The whole city did... owners channel. Yes. No. <laughs> bloody hope not. Well, I, I think <laughs> plenty, of, plenty of, it'll it'll all be dubbed out, won't it? It'll be like, I be, bet... here's a Grimsby fan, and it'll just be, it'll be just like lip synced, and there'll just be me saying how great Hull nice. are. It's going to be like be, a 1980s yeah. martial art movie, isn't it? <laughs> no, the best bit is it's going to be on an American TV somewhere, and someone is going to have to, like, I don't know, subtitle Paul Thank Hurst you. when he's doing an interview. <laughs> Sensational. Oh, uh, well, thoughts? Any, well, you, you're quite sensible on the, in terms of what we're coming up against. Do you, what would you do score prediction? What do you think? What are you hope head saying? What's the heart saying? Let's go with the heart. The head's pointless. <laughs> heart obviously says we nick it 2 1 or something. But <laughs> head, yes. don't, don't ask. <laughs> Extra time, 2 1, last minute. Oh my god. Harry Clifton. Get in there. It, it would have yeah. to be it would have to be Harry, wouldn't it, in extra time when when everyone else was out on the feet. Oh, ha- Heart says two one, we nick it. Head says we smash him five. <laughs> the, ref, the, ref, the refs giving out giving out red cards to their players like Oprah does to houses. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, get I a card. <laughs> You're ruining the magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we say goodbye about five. Minutes, <laughs> Laura, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Hope to have you back on very soon. We'll see you for the semi-final um, and then um, get, you know, sneakers under your coat for the final in the press area so we can get <laughs> as many Sorry. drinks as we want. Yeah. <laughs> Wondering why a 15-foot woman is walking through the press entrance at under a massive trench coat. <laughs> at least Jack will be all right standing next to her. Yeah, that's it. Jack will be there just as the decoy. <laughs> All nine foot of him. Never want to stand behind him on a terrace. My God, that guy's... I don't know what he's been put on a stretcher when he was a kid. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. I'll... Uh, yeah. Led something on the podcast. I've only been doing... Hi, Adania. Thank you very much for coming on the DNA 3.5 podcast for us. Now, Thank you. Good to be here. Now, this is the first time I've led something on the podcast. I've only been doing it for a few months, and the first time they've let me lo- let me loose with somebody else. So forgive me if it's a little oh, no. um, little bumpy, but we'll, we'll do our best. So um, is it kind of what's it like for you guys to be in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup? Because you've sort of been in the, the, the lower leagues until relatively recently. So it's a kind of a big thing for you as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's massive. It's um, it's 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 a really big thing, and yeah, we've Brighton have come from a place where uh, we you know we were in the lower leagues, we were almost out of the football league completely. Um, we've had a long journey to where we are now, and I suppose the only thing we're missing is a trophy of some sort. 
So to be in the quarterfinals is massive, and um, it's no, it's it doesn't mean it doesn't matter who you're playing against. It's it's the quarterfinals, and I'm hoping and I'm sure we will take it extremely seriously. Um, yeah, and just hope for, hope for the best. We all hope for the best. I mean, you must have, when when it came out, you were playing Grimsby at home in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. You must have been like, yes, this is a fantastic opportunity to get to Wembley. Um, another day out. I mean, have you have Brighton suffered many cup shocks in recent in in recent years? Have you gone out to lower league sides, or are you are you due are you due being turned over by League Two opposition? See, this is the thing. We could we could very well be due. Um, the closest we've got uh, to the final was, uh, I want to say something like 2019, but that's a pure guess. Uh, and you, again, you lose to City in the semi-final. Yeah, we just lost to City. Yeah, yeah, and that was probably the first time that we really, you kind of, I suppose, had a bit of belief that uh, maybe we could do well. And so, yeah, that was the closest we got. That was um, just before the final. So, um, but you know, we've played, uh, played like. Um, many teams like Newport and all that. I remember, I remember very, uh, I think it was that, that year actually, where we played Millwall um, and we went to penalties and that was a very close call. But even, even in this, this, um, this one, we, we just, we just won to Stoke, you know, one nil, you know, it wasn't, I don't think there's such thing as playing a team in the lower league and that being an easy fixture at all. I think, uh, and I think it would be silly to think otherwise. And I think there's a reason that, you know, a lower league teams got to the quarterfinal. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's me being sceptical, but I don't know. I just, I think, it, I think the biggest mistake anyone could make is go, oh, an easy fixture because we've got a lower league team. Absolutely. It's just not, <laughs> especially in the FA Cup. I think it's an easy fix. You have been some getting some stick in the pop the last couple of weeks for being too pessimistic with us, but I think we'll get turned. I think you'll turn us over. I mean, you've got Will Cup with Alexis McAllister in the in, in the midfield and so on. I mean, do you think he'll pick his best side on Sunday with it being an international break? And you so know what? On? Yeah, I was I was wondering about this yesterday. Um, uh, this week I've I watched them play uh, Crystal Palace and. And and that watched was the I watched the highlights that on YouTube and it terrified me watching the way you sort of move the ball. I think you know we've got no chance here. We've got no chance. But anyway, yeah, that's that is the thing. Like uh, Brighton play uh, at the now nowadays, very like stylish, energetic football. Um, it's very entertaining to watch and it's very fast and also very calm, which is something that I noticed a lot during the Palace game. Is that because um, I'd say, like with with Palace in the first fifteen minutes or so, they they uh, pressed really high, and it actually um, was really difficult for Brighton. And it's it's been a while since I've seen Brighton struggle like that and have to actually kind of regain the game and all that. So um, yeah, it was really interesting to watch. But once they got hold of it, they were really calm. They never once, even though Palace were having shots, uh, were like, oh no. They're getting behind us. We're not doing what we're normally doing. Like they, they kept calm and they kept their composure. And then they, then they slowly went back into what you then saw, which was the you know, the fast-paced one-touch football, through balls and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. We have a you know we have 
uh, people like Alexis McAllister, but also I think Alexis McAllister was quite quiet on against Palace during the week. So um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, again, obviously, like uh, we are, I suppose we, you know, we we are seen as the team that should win the fixture, but. I just I don't I don't think anyone should underestimate the magic of the cup and and what it can bring and what and you know that's one of that's one of the bingo card cliche wise we've got magic of the yeah, cup yeah <laughs> add that ding 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 <laughs> um but yeah and I think I think one thing that maybe some Brighton players uh where we actually might benefit from um playing a lower league team because what i always find when i've uh, gone to matches where a lower league team is playing a premier league team is obviously um uh, lower league football is much more physical in england it's much more physical it's a lot less you know falling over claiming for the foul and all that it's a lot it's a lot more you know and and it always makes me laugh um when you see a premier league team who aren't used to that play against a lower league team because they almost can't handle it and they and because they're and then I, I always love that uh, then lower league teams they look at they look at the um Premier League player who's just fallen over dramatically and just looks at them like get up come on we're playing football here but I think the benefit of uh Brighton is that we do have players in the team who have played in the lower leagues yes not as much as we used to we have a lot of players that are coming over and they've just played in the Premier League. But, you know, we've got like Lewis Dunn, we've got Sonny March, we've got these players, we've got Jason Steele, you know, we've got players that are used to that kind of football and it won't phase them. Uh, I'd like, I'd, I wish you were right about him. Um, there's a lot less feigning injury and kind of school dugger in the lower leagues, but it's just as bad down here now as it is it, is it in the Premier League. I mean, oh, no. if, if we it's take changed. the league on, if we take the league lead on Sunday, you're going to be deeply frustrated by Max Crokem, our goalkeeper's cramp occurring from about the 65th minute onwards and the physio having to come on. We love it, but you're going to hate it. I'm kind of hoping you have to witness it, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> Is he going to be trying I mean, to run down the clock? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of my bugbears. I thought the World Cup had it right, but um, until referees clamp down on it properly, which at any level they seem incapable of doing, um, I'm all for sides. Do, sides are going to do it, aren't they? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're going to do it. It's part of the game, but um, yeah. Now, anyway, I'm conscious of the fact that a lot of people listen to the podcast or support Grimsby Town uh, don't want to pay hundreds of pounds a month to watch Sky, so won't watch the Premier League very often. So can you just give us a kind of um, an insight into how Brighton play, the way they play, what sort of side you're likely to pick and how it's how, how you've changed in the sort of from the transition from Graham Potter to, to Deserby? Um, oh, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Try and fit in a small, try and summarize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, take, take as long as you like, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's changed. Brighton's style has changed a lot over the years. Um, in the Premier League, it's evolved massively and it's almost hard to keep up with it. Um, but it's gone from even the days of when we first started the Premier League from Chris Hutton which was very much like very defensive, very, um, I'd say like your classic English football kind of, um, uh, very much rely on defence, get it upfield and try and get a shot. And then, and then Potter came in and he started it, he started bringing in a bit more of an entertainment football and attacking football. And he, he, uh, brought in a style where, um, you know, 
he trusted uh, younger players to come in and develop them. And that's worked really well for us because uh, then we've had players who he's given chances to and wait, um, who then we sell on for 50 million. Um, and we had gone for free. So, um, and that was purely because Potter uh, was really good at, at, at giving these young players chances and witnessing their potential. Um, then, but I'd say with Potter, the one thing is he was very humble. He maybe, because he took Brighton over at um, a slightly different phase where we were going from trying to stay out of relegation with Chris Hutton to then Potter doing quite well. And then actually, okay, maybe now we want to be a top 10 team. And he, you know, we, he was getting us to like our highest place, which was like ninth in the Premier League. And that was massive for us. I remember thinking that was massive, that we were in the top 10 of the Premier League. Like, that was insane to me that that was even a thing. But now Bizarre's come in and his style is, um, it's really like, it's very entertaining. It's a really entertaining watch. It's really, um, it's really energetic. It's, you know, one touch football. It's, you know, it's um, very much through the middle, like tap, tap, tap through, you know, and so... Um, you'll have Dunk at the back. I'm sure you'll probably see it um, on Sunday. Is you'll have Dunk at the back, uh, says back, and he will tr- probably try and find Matoma, who has just absolutely changed the squad. Um, you know, he's come over from Japan and he actually uh, he had, has a really interesting um, past in football because he, he didn't necessarily come from a team that he was like absolutely smashing it and they were like, oh, let's get him over to the Premier League. He actually he actually decided to study the art of dribbling at university. And um yeah and and uh he uh, yeah he um yeah he, he decided to study the art of, he got he like he had like got like a degree in it and then he like almost implemented it in his play and, and now uh, you'll see it like it, I, I'm sure they will pay him. Um he's just He's a menace, you know. If he's got the ball, his 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 knowledge of dribbling is next level. He's you know he's one step ahead, and um, he is so tricky and speedy, but also very good at holding up players. Which a lot of players that are speedy, you know, if there's a bit of physicality, they tend to fall over. But I think it's really uh, interesting that he's really good at holding up players as well as being fast. Um, but anyway, he he will. Um, most likely get a through ball through dunk and then he'll be through and then he'll probably square it to whoever's there whether it will be Welbeck um with his experience or whether it'll be Ferguson the new kid on the block um young Irish lad but he's young Irish lad but he looks he's absolutely massive <laughs> he doesn't look as young as he is and and he's he's a you know he reminds me a lot of like kind of like maybe like a Harry Kane or something you know big you know a big forward uh to be on the end of Matoma's um cross so uh that's what I think that's something that you'll probably expect from Britain is just that kind of fast uh football they'll, they'll try and control the ball they'll keep it calm and slow and then they'll just burst and that's very much a Zabi style since he's come in. And the difference between him and Potter, I'd say, is that um, Zabi comes with a lot of character that uh, Potter was maybe a lot more humble about. Whereas 
you know, when when uh, Potter would be asked about um, Brighton's future, uh, Potter, uh, Potter would very much be, you know, like we're just focusing on the season. We're, we're we're doing well at the moment. We just want to see where we go. Whereas Dazavi is very much like, yeah, we'll get Champions League football. Why not? You know, <laughs> he's, he, he's just got a completely different start. And it's just, it, it feels quite uh, out, out of character for Brighton for a long time. Um, we haven't had a manager like that. We've had managers that are quite um, quietly confident rather than so outwardly confident. Um, but, you know, it's working. He, he sits there and he goes, yeah, we're going to battle for Europe. Yes, we're going to do this. Yes, we're going to win a cup. Um, and perhaps that, that, that confidence has um, filtered out into the team. And now, and that's why they're playing the way they're playing. Because, you know, there's, we've got these brilliant players that Potter had. Um, and he's almost just implemented this mentality into them. That actually, no, we don't need to be a, a team that are just fighting for top 10. We can be a team that's fighting for Europe or even fighting for the F Cup. And... Um, so that is why I like to think that he will play a his a strong team. Um, but who knows? Because in, in the last game at Stoke, he made lots of changes um, and put on quite a few young players. And but then again, maybe he learned from that because we, we did only just win by one nil, and um, Stoke had a few chances. And so perhaps now. He'll put on the stronger team, but so yeah, as as uh, you were saying, like, yeah, the, the the change in in style has been massive, and it's changed every single year to the point that we sh- I st- we still don't know what it's going to be because Desarbi still needs the full year. He hasn't had a whole summer yet to for transfers or anything like that in the Premier League. Um, but from what we're seeing so far, you know, it's it's but you'll see on Sunday is entertainment, you'll see uh, energy, you'll see fast football, you'll see a very like calm, collected team um, who like to stay in control, which is, which is probably where Grimsby would be able to kind of rattle them, I suppose, is if they can kind of um, shake up that control that uh, Brighton so like to have. Because if there's anything that I've seen when Brighton do suddenly look like a team that are not so in control of, is if if that team has kind of rattled them in some kind of way, they have they've almost gone against like Brighton's plan, and um, whether that's you know pressing really high because Brighton like to keep it in their heart and keep it calm and then look for the space and look for the run, and yeah, so I'd say that's 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 the way that you kind of get into Brighton's head, I suppose. Well, um, we have got midfielders who might harry you and sort of press you, but the reality is Hurst won't set his side up to do that. We're going to be, we're going to, we're going to drop deep. We're going to be hard to beat. We're going to stay in our shape. And I was kind of, I was going to ask you whether you'd sort of like whether you could struggle with that. But by the sounds of it, it's more if we could actually get at you rather than them, um, rather than make us hard to break down. I mean, that's how we're going to set up, and that won't come as any any surprise to a to you. You can't really set up any other way, can you? Um, just to kind of because from the outside, to Brighton's model, I find it fantastic that you can basically that you can sell Trossard to Arsenal, 
and yet in the same hand you go and sign Mitoma for one point something million. I mean, the scouting network is. I mean, what did you sign Caicedo for? Four million or something? Oh, that, yeah. And now you're turning down eighty million pound bids from so and so. I mean, the, the mm. model of your club, I think, is really something to to aspire to, especially if you're sort of a little bit out the way by the sea where you are as well. That's the only comparison between the two clubs, really, is we play by the sea. Um, but I think that's brilliant. Have you got any kind of ideas about um, parking and travel to the ground on Sunday? Because it's now sort of ground, it's now sort of town thing, isn't it? Oh, yes. yes, do you want some tips for travelling fans? Yes, travelling fans, because I think the idea is the pod's going to go out when um, when yes. people when they're travelling. The for people who listen to when they're travelling down, God knows why they want to what, want to listen to us. Well, not you, obviously, you're, uh, but the rest of us prattle on for two hours about Grimsby Town. Well, yeah. Um, um. How do you, how, how do these things? Do you reckon that they'll lots of people be making it home that day, or do you reckon that uh, they'll stay? Because it's a difficult one, isn't it, on a Sunday as well. Um, so basically the thing I know, is I know people who are staying down in Brighton right. and I know people who are going back to um back home. I'm London based, so I'm obviously off back home unless we win, in which case I might end up passed out on a roundabout or something in Brighton at two AM in the morning. But Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, um so basically uh the train station you have to actually get to is Falmer, which is right by the stadium. Um and obviously the easiest way to get there is go to Brighton and then head to Falmer and then it's a train to Falmer. There are usually uh, lots of security and stuff that kind of leading fans in that direction anyway. Um, it does get really busy because it, it is out in the sticks. Um, it can be really difficult and it can take a while to get out. And it is, it is a criticism that a lot of away fans have with uh, Brighton Stadium is getting out is quite difficult. Luckily, because obviously it's a daytime game, there's a lot more time. It's usually, it's usually a much more bigger criticism on evening ones where there's last trains and stuff like that. But um, yeah, uh, but there's buses. There's buses at the, um, I suppose technically probably the back of the stadium um that go into the city center so anyone that's staying in the city center that's probably your best way is try and jump on one of those buses um and do you know what though sometimes i've even managed just to uh, book a taxi and if you book it in advance and you can jump in and and get out of get out of uh the area once you're out you're fine it's just the it's getting out that is difficult um yeah and um, so yeah I'd, I'd say like i'd say arrive early because it's a nice it's a nice place to be you know it's a nice scenic stadium arrive arrive early because then you can miss kind of the, the big queues and stuff to get get to falmer um they usually have like um lots of stalls and stuff out like food stalls and things outside um sometimes they have um entertainment um and then yeah and then inside they've got and they've got uh yeah they've got um uh you know all your, your classic food stores and stuff and places to like hang out and things before the match um there's also a uh, bar which uh people sit in before the games as well if anyone fancies that as well um but yeah i'd say you you want to leave like 
a bit of time, quite a bit of time, especially as it gets close to the game because the queues to the trains get longer. So, um, yeah, you like I I always try and get to a game like a good hour early at least, but obviously that a lot of people probably aim for like an hour or just after. Um, but just take in mind that um, there are there will be queues for the trains just to get on them. Um, and yeah, so but yeah, basically you're you're uh, and if you're driving, there's an area you might be able. To, I don't want to give away my secrets when I drive, but um, there's an area called Waterhall, and if you can find parking around that kind of area in the streets and then get a taxi in, sometimes that's handy, or sometimes you get buses in from around there. Um, but yeah, um, I think your your main exits and ent entrances are probably the train from Brighton into Falmer, um, and yeah. Uh, well, did you ask what's what what's around Brighton or? Uh, no, you sort of given us the, the, the sort of what to do pre-match kind of thing. I mean, the the club tell us apparently to drink in the ground, but of course they would that wouldn't say. Um, I'm just going to kind of ask you for basically to finish off question. What what's the um what's your score prediction? Oh no! What is my score prediction? So difficult. It's so... <laughs> I I think a lot a lot of people people think they might be an absolute routing, but I I I don't think so. I think I think um maybe two 0 Brighton. Two 0 I'll ta I'll take that. Avoid an embarrassment. Yeah. That, 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 that. There is a one one thing I will say when you're in the stadium, make sure you get a pie. Is they're they're famous for them in Brighton. They're they're um they're made uh in a town locally, and they made they're all made by hand. And now they've kind of get blown up massive, and now they um supply other stadiums. But they originally were just Brighton suppliers, and they used to make thirty thousand plus um pies and still fill them by hand. And uh yeah, and I remember the I remember when they first uh, like moved to the Amex and they started supplying Piggott's Pantry, the people who supply, they started supplying the pies at Brighton and people used to be like, so you have to go and have a pie there. I'm like, yeah, sure, like I'll have a pie, but <laughs> there's a pie at every stadium. But now I always tell, and, and, and it's true, they are great pies. And I'll tell everyone now, whoever goes visit, you must have a pie when you go to the stadium. Duly noted that my pre-match meal all sorted. Anyway, thank you ever so much for coming on and speaking to me about um, about Brighton. You've given us some really good stuff and keep our fans entertained as they travel down to Sussex on Sunday for our first FA Cup semi-quarter-final for 84 years. We all can't wait. We'll see you there. Thank you very much, Daniel. Yeah, thank you. I mean, there's there's a there's a chubby brown joke in there if you can't call your wife that or something like that. But Whoa, um, I, would, I, would no. never dare. I would never dare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's um, we've we've moved into a new house that doesn't have one, and I feel like I've gone back to the 1950s. Yeah, I'm just there that. every day. <laughs>
you don't you don't realize until it's gone do you so no no absolutely i'll have to be knocking something out in the in the in the kitchen to make room we don't need the That's oven it. it'll be fine you know, <laughs> some of us live in small there. flats and never had any indication we could possibly get a dishwasher so i i don't really care about you alex <laughs> sorry so mate. not one mate you'll just have to live with it mate yeah don't get <laughs> I mean, so I mean, Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on before, and I don't, as we were just mentioning, I don't think there's anyone that's going to, you know, have a better idea of what might be going on in the dressing room at the moment and how the guys are dealing with it and how Paul and you know, why do I keep trying to say Craig instead of Chris? Uh, Chris and Chris are dealing with it, uh, and um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting. What what have you made of it? Was it fully expected? And have you? Does Paul set up differently? Sorry, does her, Mr. Her set up differently to cup games as he would to a, a league game? Because he's always had that propensity to have a decent cup run. Yeah, I think I think from my time at the club, obviously, it's um, we were we were a four four two side pretty much throughout. Um, obviously, you know the the gaffer's been around now for quite a long time, and, and tactically, it's going to be. A little bit different. I think um, the game at Southampton when I watched that one, it you know they sailed quite aggressive with, with three up top. Um, and at, at the start of the game, I thought it might have been a problem for them because the, the left back seemed to be getting out pretty easy quite often. But um, in the end, it, it worked a treat. So uh, you know whether it, you'd expect them to to sit back and, and try and keep it tight for as long as possible. Um, but but you never know. The, the gaffer might have different ideas and want to take the game to Brighton. I don't see it happening, but you just have to have to wait and see. So, in terms, I think Craig, you've 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 experienced quite a few games, probably in your career, but also at Grimsby, some high pressured games and some games that maybe have got a lot of a build up. How will Chris and and Paul be sort of managing that within the team? And then, how do you think the players will be in the build up to the game? Because it's quite a a big occasion. A lot of them won't have been at that sort of level with that interest before. So, is it really important to manage that? in the dressing room, but also let them enjoy it sort of thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, the gaffer is one of the, the best managers that I've, I've worked with in, in my career. Um, and he'll know who will need, you know, a little bit of confidence boost, a little arm around the shoulder. Um, but to be fair, at the end of the day, I think it's a different sort of pressure this time. It, they're not expected to go and win. It's, it's not like a playoff final, a playoff semi-final. Nobody, you know, outside the club is probably expecting, expecting us to do anything. So, uh, I think it's a different type of pressure. There's, there's going to be nerves. There's bound to be nerves because, you know, the match of the day cameras will be there, etc. Um, and we're just hoping it, you know, it's it's going to be a good day and not one that turns turns sour. If, if you understand what I'm saying. Well, how? Yeah, I mean, how did you how did you deal with those sort of pressures? Because I know does does the mundanity of the the real world come into it as well? Sort of, you know, sorting out family and relatives with tickets and. Oh, mum's mum's missing the bus, so she can't come down with such and such, so she'll have to go with. Does that sort of distract from it, or is that something that players just used to dealing with? I, th- I think it's definitely an extra stress that you, that you don't need. Uh, you know, sorting tickets out for there'll be, there'll be lads that have got requests or people they probably haven't heard from from fifteen years, and they're like, "Oh, can you can you get me a ticket?" So uh, I think once you've got your family sorted in that in that sense, it's it's time to focus on the game, but. Like I said earlier, it, it's a game with, with no pressure really, um, and one they can enjoy. But you know, you only enjoy it if you do well and, and do yourself justice. So uh, it's just it's a great occasion for everyone. And you know, I've been looking up to play in a in a quarter final myself. Um, similar situation, massive underdogs, and 
fingers crossed to get a better result than I did that day. <laughs> well, how did how did it distract from from you guys as well from your league form at the time, or was it you know was it was it were you it, able to focus on one game at a time? Uh, it's a cliche, isn't it? One game at a time. But I'm sorry, yeah. It's, 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 it's human nature. It's human nature that, that that game's going to be in the back of everyone's mind because it's it's massive. Um, I know, obviously, that big win at the weekend, which uh, take takes into that. Obviously, the game tomorrow night first to take care of. Um, be interesting to see what sort of team Paul puts out in terms of full strength or looking towards. I think I'm playing. Well. You get in the game, so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So it's it's important that you know get a decent result tomorrow night as well, and, and take that into the weekend too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's incredible to think of it in the, in that background because it just even looking at the badge now in sort of the little makeups of these are the quarterfinal teams that it looks like we're living through someone's football manager really. <laughs> And we're just joining in. In terms of how how sort of Paul and Chris deal with these sort of games coming into it, what's it like on, on the day? Obviously, you've experienced quite a few finals and quite a few big games with us and, and elsewhere. What was how how did how does Paul manage the expectation? And is it just a case of look, we've got nothing to lose, just go out and show your best side? I think I think that'll be the that'll be the way this time around. Obviously. Like I said earlier, pressures in terms of you know last last year in the playoffs and when I played in the playoffs, it's totally different. But um, you know, Paul and you know Doigie's a little bit more excitable. But uh, you know, the Gaffer's a very level-headed guy. Uh, I remember we had a, quite a emotional speech before the game at, at Wembley, uh, and he knows how to get his players fired up and get fired up in the right way. So uh, I'm no doubt they'll, they'll prepare best they can. Uh, they'll do all the homework. And all the the stuff in training uh, to get themselves as ready as they can be. Um, and and on the day, you, you never know what can happen. No football is a crazy game, and it could be one of them, them days where where something mad happens. You get a, a VAR decision, etc. Assuming they're there that day, and um, you just never know. Hopefully, the refs going to be dishing cards out like Oprah does with houses to their players. Yeah, I think you get I'm a hoping, red. You get a red. <laughs> I'm hoping that Crystal Palace do us a favour. And on on Wednesday night, and put Matoma, you know, just give him just give him a, a couple of bruises. They're not going to risk him. That's what. That's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what what sort of side they put out as well. Obviously, you know, they're they're flying at the minute. They're doing really well in the league, and it's going to be a a tough game. You know, with massive underdogs, obviously. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how they respect us as well, and, and see what sort of side they put out. So because uh, they're not going to want to be on the end of a. A massive upset um and you know the new managers come in there and done a great job so i'm i'm assuming that won't be the case but it's just going to be a good, a good day hopefully and i think the southampton game unfortunately for us has probably made made them aware of not to underestimate it, so i'd be surprised if there's too many changes but i think with our run as most people have seen it's been completely under the radar yet we've we've done that record of beating five teams from five leagues above so i think it we've probably slipped under the radar with a lot of teams but have you have you caught much of the of the run have you seen much of the games what did you think of of how we got here yeah obviously until the last stages i think obviously i'm always looking out for the results anyway so it's like oh you know that they've won there done well even even going down to to Luton again result was a fantastic result to then come back to to Blundell Park and, and win the replay, you know, it, it's massive. And I think that's probably the time that people sort of thought, you know, the, the, these guys are serious. And then 
to go down to Southampton and, and win the game is absolutely incredible. Um, fantastic performance uh, and deserved it on the day. You know, Southampton were a little bit under par, but take nothing away from the way that Grimsby played. And um, I can say there's no doubt Brighton will do their homework. They'll they'll probably have had us watched in the last last couple of weeks. And uh, I'm sure they'll be pre- preparing for, for the game of the weekend with the utmost respect for us. As long as as long as Danilo Orsi is recovered from that vicious, I mean, he could have been killed. Let's be entirely. Yeah, just remember, diabolical. Glad he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Get the Volta on his back, and he'll be all right. Yeah, um, what did you 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 and a number of players talk about how well, and you can you can get it from the, the what we see from the sidelines and, and and what people talk about is that people want to play for Paul and they want to play in his team. And you sort of mentioned as well, he's one of the best man of management people you've had to, you've worked with. What what is it about him and and the style of teams that make make players you know want to give their all for him in comparison to maybe others? I think it, first and foremost is that he's a good person. So um, and if if you get treated with respect and you give him the respect that he deserves, and I think it works it works both ways. So um, he knows that if people need to have a rollicking, he can give a rollicking and you've got to be able to take that as well. So, um, like I say, he's got the knack of, of knowing who needs an arm around the shoulder and who needs a, a kick up the arse, if, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, he's, he's like I say, he seems to know, have that knack of getting the best out of players and, and lads just love playing for him. Uh, I know that was my case and probably been the same for a lot of people who, who played under Paul. Yeah, I just... Yeah, it just seems... It seems every time... I mean, he's been here longer as long as I have at times. It feels, but um, um, it just to be able to bring in different iterations of teams that are successful, I think, is a mark of a, a great manager. Uh, and he's done it what three, maybe four times at town already. Um, in terms of, I guess, what what as a player, what do you what are you looking forward to in sort of a quarter final? Is it? Is it just the opportunity to play at that level or is it the opportunity to maybe put yourself in the shop window? Is it especially um, in, in sort of as contracts are shorter nowadays? Is it the opportunity to just, you know, say, look, this is to, to show off to family and friends, I guess. I, I, I lost the question halfway through that. Why, <laughs> why does a player want what What do you look forward to in your quarter if you play in a quarter final? Listen, every every young kid growing up dreams of, of winning the FA Cup, don't they? That was what we all did when we were kicking in the, in the playground, in the parks. Um, so to get the opportunity to play in a quarter-final against the Premier League side, away from home, TV cameras there, if if, if that's not what you're in football for, then you're in, in the wrong job. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we're lower league footballers uh, who very rarely get to this stage of the FA Cup. So this might be a, a once-in-a-career opportunity. Um also, like you say, there are there are lads at the team that are doing very well. So it is a also a shop window as well for them. I'm not trying to get people moves away from the club, but it, that, that's just part and parcel of football. So uh, I think it'll be just just to be part of the occasion with it, the main thing and uh, the chance to to spring an upset as well is just um, you know the, the cherry on on the cake, if you like. And I, yeah, sorry, Mike. 
I was just I was just going to say, Craig, just sort of away from the the FA Cup more broadly. Um, been on a bit of a journey since getting relegated out of the football league again. Um, sort of, what were your thoughts when we got relegated? Obviously, working so hard for so long to get us back into the league. Um, and how do you think that the, the sort of progression we've had in such a short space of time? How, what are your thoughts on that and how that's come about? Obviously, first and foremost, when when the club got relegated, it was um, obviously devastating for everyone. Um, but to bounce back, you know, the way that the club did with obviously the the new owners and the new new regime, the way the clubs run, it seems to be all going very well and very positive in my eyes. So, um, and to get get back at the first time of asking the way the club did in the playoffs, the playoffs were incredible, weren't they? It was just there's no way that the club should have got promoted that way. It was uh, it was just written in the stars, I think. So, um, you know, it's been a year of probably consolidation this year. Uh, I've seen bits and bobs. People get frustrated that the club aren't pushing towards the higher higher echelons of the table. But at the end of the day, as long as the club stabilises this year and, and, and pushes on from now and has, has a good summer, uh, it could be a really good season again next year. Is that this is this says more about me, I think, as a personality than anything else. I, if I was a player like for yourself and the hard work and the you know the persistence you had to do to get out of the National League, there would be a little part of me that would be slightly peeved that we sort of got through almost like a drunk man falling into his uh, front door and just found ourselves back in the league after and they were incredible games, but it's like you shouldn't be able to do that. It took us years <laughs> well i don't know talking about incredible craig i mean i'm not a well man i won't be here if we go through that again like the cardiologist is not happy he wants to have a word with paul oh no can't be doing but, yeah listen it football's football it's the club didn't mean to get relegated you know it was just it was just one of those things managers came in didn't really work too many players probably as well that came through the door um lots of loan signers that didn't really really play etc and it's just a a difficult time for the club but um like i said earlier it, it's all it's all in the past now uh that's done the club are back in the football league again uh fingers crossed don't flirt ever again with the national league so i don't think anyone could probably cope with that again could they so uh yeah it's uh it, it's all looking a lot more positive in my eyes and i guess uh, good, good questions to sort of end on as well sort of what were your what was your favorite FA Cup moment. It doesn't have to be at town. I mean, you've had quite a few. What What's your most standout memory playing in the cup? I think it's, at town, I think it's got to be probably the Huddersfield game. Um, obviously, in, we, we were brilliant that day. To be fair, and uh, to to go two one up in the game and then and then somehow lose it and not even get a replay was obviously devastating on the day. But I thought we uh, we did ourselves justice and, and played really well that day. So it was a, it was a great game, great occasion. Just a just a pity as well decided to stick one on the back of his own net in the in the last minute. So, but it was yeah, great days. Like I say, we had some some good some good cup days uh, as well in my time. That still hurts me, Craig. That still hurts me. Yeah, it hurts me too. You, you see it every now and again, don't you, on the highlights, and you're like, oh god, how did that even happen? So yeah. I expect but, it to come up on Sunday. It'll be on match but, day. Yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it's that. It's that or Bristol Rovers not having their keeper sent off. They're the two things that wake me up at night. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty traumatic as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, but never mind. We we hey, it was a journey, wasn't it? We got back where we were meant to be. Um, exactly. How are things going at Clee? You and you and Nathan are, are, have taken the helm there. 
um, down the road. Has everything been, um, how, how's the season looking as, as you come towards the end of it? You've got the band back together, haven't you? Yeah, there's, there's a few of us there now. So, um, obviously, we're, we're a little, it's been a little bit up and down since we've come in. Um, came in and the, the club were in, in the playoffs. Um, we've slipped out of the playoffs now, which is not brilliant, obviously. So, but we're still, we've got nine games to go. Um, playoffs are still inside, but we've got to put a good run together to, to try and get in there. Um, but while there's a chance to do that, we'll, we'll keep pushing and keep trying. So, uh, but no, I'm really enjoying it. I've been out of the game for, for a couple of years. So, um, just came back on, on a short-term basis to help help Nate out. Uh, and that was in November. So it, it, it's in March now. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here. So, uh, yeah, we're enjoying it. It's uh, it's hard work. But, um, you know, fingers crossed we'll, we'll bring the club some success in the future. I'm glad to I'm glad to hear it. I really am. It's um it's going to be a it's going to be a heck of a uh, pre-season friendly in July at least. Absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to that. <laughs> it's it's look like a broadly game at this rate. Uh, <laughs> um I mean, that's great. I guess have you got any messages or anything like that is is there any other things that I might not have asked that would be worth part in in terms of your knowledge on what's going to be happening? I guess the guys go down a couple of days a day beforehand I guess and get prepped and and then I'll, uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, I would assume they'd probably go down maybe a day, two days before, just to you know stay in a hotel and train down there. Um, but I would just say make the most of the occasion and enjoy it, but don't let it pass you by, you know, because it, it might never happen again. So, uh, and I'm sure the club, the club will, will do all they can to make sure it's a good day. Unfortunately, I won't be able to get down there myself, uh, being Mother's Day, etc. I don't think I'd have got away with that one, but um, you know that he just. The way the tickets sold out and the time they sold out just shows the support that, that the club's got and fingers crossed for a, for a good day out for everyone and, and the FA Cup, you just never know. Oh, sorry, Mike, you, you, you came off mute, so I let you... I was just going to say, the way to get out of it is what I did. I spoke to my wife and said, she ate my mother. So I don't yeah, need that worked that that worked really well. Yeah. Um we do have a spare room if you, don't, need have it. you don't you don't have children yet then. So oh yeah, I've got a I've got a child, but it's his mum, not mine. All right, that's yeah. well fair, fair play. Yeah. You make a good point, to be honest. So but I don't uh, well, think you get away with that one. The divorce nice is going well down here, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, Craig, thank you so much. Uh right, it's gonna be a heck of a journey and um uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, at Blundell Park very soon. Yeah, fingers crossed I'll be able to get down soon. And looking forward to watching the game at the weekend. We'll be uh, glued by the TV. Thank you, mate. Yeah, thank you. Bruce, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Delighted to say that for the next part of the pod, we're joined by not one, but two guests. It's a um, very warm welcome back to uh, Jason. Uh, how are you, Jason? You okay? I'm all right, Bruce. My voice is going a little bit from so much media this week, but good to be here. Nice to see you, mate. No, we've, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's certainly been, there's certainly been plenty of uh, press coverage. We're not used to this, are we? We've got to make the most of it, haven't we? You know, while the, while the, while the, while the spotlight's on us, I want to make sure we squeeze every last bit of publicity we've done out of this so glad to, glad to be doing it no brilliant no thank you for coming on and also we're uh, delighted i think i think i could be wrong lads but a pod first a current player um warm welcome to gavin hollahan how are you doing gav okay hi lads you all right yeah brilliant mate thank you thank you for coming on um, no, we'll get straight no. into it 
uh, we've got this is going to be a part of a, a bumper pod that we're doing in a, a preview for uh, Sunday. Um, and I think the, uh, the first question, perhaps just to kick us off uh, to you, Gav, um, who's been who's been in charge of sort, trying to sort out the players' tickets? That must have been a game. And, uh, and, and, and who's got the biggest family? Um, yeah, well, uh, Shawnee Pearson is the he's the ticket man, so he's the um, he's the job of trying trying to sort it all for all the lads. So I don't uh, don't envy him on that one. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been pretty mad. You can imagine, obviously, they're high in demand with all the family members and friends and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's just b- b- been Karen is really trying to trying to sort uh, sort tickets for everyone. How's the going this week, Gav? Say again, sorry, Matt. How how's the preparation going? You, you feeling good for Sunday? Yeah, no, yeah, feeling good. Yeah, we've had a we've had a couple of days off, obviously after the the, the Sutton the Sutton game the other night. Obviously, we didn't get back till late. Um, so yeah, a couple of days just to rest and recovery, and then uh, back in tomorrow. Um, obviously, full prep then for for the game on Sunday. That was a brilliant performance the other night. Just wanted to uh, one of the first things we wanted to say was to congratulate you guys because I think to. Um, I'm sure Jason will agree, and I, I saw Jason tweeted something along those lines that to put in a performance like you guys did on on Tuesday ahead of that big that big game on on Sunday was uh, was brilliant. So well done. Yeah, it was a massive win for us. Um, you know, we spoke about that before the game. It's if it would have been very easy going into that game with, with one eye, obviously on Sunday, obviously the magnitude of the game. But um, no, I thought everyone was it was professional performance, and you know, I've been to Sutton plenty of times now and it's it is a tough place to go proper tough place to go the record obviously speaks for itself so to go and to go and get the win i thought we were, we were well deserved of the win as well was um was massive for us no it was brilliant it was brilliant um i've just got a, a quick question to both of you and then i'll uh, throw it open to the other the other guys to, to come in with a with a few bits um jason you're a, a similar age to myself um and uh, just going back to just going back steady, to um, just going back to sort of um, I was thinking about uh, you know my early FA Cup memories and it's probably of, of finals on TV um, and how it used to be an all day event. Um, sort of what are your what are your early what are your sort of early memories of the FA Cup? Do you remember watching it and spending the day watching it like I do? Yeah, well, I read a bit about this in the Guardian a few weeks ago. Was the um, the the FA Cup when it was. Um, Willie Young and oh, my mind's gone there. Like, what's the lad that used to manage Barnet? Paul um... Allen. Oh. Oh, he's basically the youngest player in the FA. So we're getting yeah, old. Paul Allen. Paul Allen, yeah. So it was that game when he was he was 16, when he was the youngest player playing FA Cup. And basically Willie Young brought him down on a clear challenge. And he got yellow carded, but there was no like professional foul then. So that was I can't remember. I was late seventies or early. Was that West Ham? Was that West? Was that West Ham? He played for West Ham United. Yeah. So was it eighty-one? Eighty-one. Uh, I think, I think or eighty? So, yeah. Trevor Brookin. Did Trevor Brookin? Trevor Brookin scored, didn't he? Was it? I think. Do you know, do you know what? But but I can't anyway. remember the get two games ago. I was thinking. Watch, that, yeah, sort watch, of is it Carl? Your earliest yeah, memory. I mean, we, we can't remember it. <laughs> my earliest memory was like Sutton on last last week, hmm. mate. That's as far back as I go, but. No, so it was, it was, wasn't it? It was. I was saying to my kids about it. About those were the days where, you know, you'd have a full day's TV because it was the only live game. The idea of talking about you know a couple of games a year that were live on TV when we've got, you know, five or six every night now is just it makes you feel like a character from a from a Bronte novel or something. But it's um, 
I look, I, it, was, it was funny, I'd sort of fallen out of love with a couple a little bit a few years ago, because you know, we, we never felt like we'd put one together as a fan. So last year, we got Bromsgrove and Kidderminster. I really enjoyed those games. There's days, you know, the, the feeling, the feeling around the club's different on those games. So this year, it's just been spectacular. But yeah, no, agreed. Coming back to your point earlier, I thought the Sutton game was one of our best performances, and it was so good to see in the context of you know people think that they're looking for an excuse on social, particularly these days, to say that we're not concentrated on the league. So it was just a, such a good performance to see against, you know, brutes of a Sutton team um, and just to come away with the result at a tough place. So no, it's, 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 the FA Cup for me has just really brought alive the whole romance of it again, particularly this year and, and what we're seeing, you know, inside the club now, what, what it does for the town, what it does for the attention we get. And it's just another marker of progress for us, but it's, it's, it's been a brilliant experience. No, it's 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 been fantastic. And, and same question to you, Gav. I mean, what were your what are your memories of the the cup growing up? I'm guessing your early memories are a little bit more recent than mine and Jason's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose the the standout one, obviously, when I was younger, was probably I'm a massive Man United fan, so the Giggs goal against Arsenal semi final of the FA Cup. Um, that was probably the, the the standout standout one for me. Um, so yeah, look, it's a competition I've I've watched growing up. It's a competition you obviously dream of playing and when, like when you're a kid, um, you know, and, and being a part of that magic of the FA Cup. And we've seen uh, we've seen plenty of that this season. So it's and it's been uh, it's been been brilliant. Yeah, I should know uh, I this. Of all, of all the players, is Luke the player that's gone the furthest previously with Lincoln? Has anyone gone further than the than the quarter or got to the quarters apart from it? No, I think it's yeah. I think Luke is 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 the one who's who's got the furthest, and he's not uh, he's not hesitant in reminding us as well. He's uh, that's all he's been saying. This is like oh my second quarter final and all this, but um, no, nah, yeah, he's uh, he's obviously got to the quarters before, so yeah, it's be um, be a special one for everyone who, who's not been there. I was going to yeah, ask as well amazing. on the ticket question, Gap. Who's been who's, who's made a ping of themselves with the tickets? Uh, the players I haven't I haven't spoke to Adam today, but who's, who's grabbed the most? I'm I'm pretty sure there's been orders of like I'm sure Danilo has been putting orders in of like thirty tickets, like which is just mental. Like so, like as soon as he put it into the group chat, obviously that we have between us, like thirty tickets, everyone was just like just laughing at him, going, "You've got no chance, absolutely no chance." I'm writing those down. I haven't any myself. Yeah, I know. So is it Danilo that we have to look out for outside outside the stadium? You know, on on Sunday with a, like a wig and a hat on, and we'd go. So you got any tickets? Got any tickets? Yeah, yeah. He'd be, he'd, be, yeah. he'd be the one to go to. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a man. Um, I've got a quick one about uh, Southampton, Gav. You know, um, widely in football in uh, circles, two of the greatest penalties ever taken. I've heard lots of people say that in my house anyway. Um, now, sort of two penalties in a game in a high pressure game like that. Just, sort of which one was you? maybe more nervous about and what was the strategy? I mean, did you have one or did you just take a leaf out of Manny's book and just chuck yourself at it? Um, yeah, I, funny enough, and just as well I had, I had actually, we had trained that, that morning. We'd done like a light light session at Eastleigh that morning um, just to go through some like set pieces and a bit of shape. And I'd, I'd actually practised a few after. I knew obviously I was going to be on the next penalty whenever we, we got it. Um, obviously, you don't expect it to come so soon. But yeah, I'd luckily obviously practised a few that morning. Um, yeah, I'd probably say the first one to be honest because 
the VAR took so long for the decision to actually be given. Um, so I was kind of, I felt like I was stood there for an eternity, kind of just waiting for it to be given. Um, so probably the first one. And the second one, to be honest, I, I didn't actually feel that nervous. I just was just confident. Like I knew where I was going. Um, I had a feeling the keeper would probably go that side as well. So I knew I had to make sure I got good contact on it. Um, but yeah, I would probably say, I would probably say the first one and then the second one is just in front of our fans as well. It was just, uh, just pretty unbelievable. We've already put one away. You know, it's easy that lark and it's scoring at a Premier League ground in fifth round of the FA Cup. We've already done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it was it was one of them. It's a bit of relief relief when the first one goes in, and then yeah, like you said, the second one. Uh, you just you just take confidence from the first one and just hope it goes in again. Which goal? Think... You, which goal do you prefer more, Gav? The equaliser at Notts County in the playoffs, or the second, or the or what? Either of the penalties against Southampton. Oh, that that's a tough one. That. That is a tough one. I would say probably the Notts County game because purely just because you're basically whatever it was, 30 seconds away from the whole season being done and dusted. Like um, after a long, hard season, obviously the the, the, the graft and the, the work that everyone had put into it, all the staff, all the players, um, everyone behind the scenes, it's kind of, we could have been going home that night and, and starting again next season in the National League. So, I would say probably probably that one because that was literally just like pretty much the last kick of the game. I've got to, I've got to say, Gab, during the last sort of eighteen months or so, that that team and, and the management and and Jason to some extent are responsible for my cardiologist here and have a heart attack, let alone me. So you know, if you carry on going like this, there might be a doctor ringing you up from London because uh, I think as fans we've had a bit of a journey. Um, and you know, this this FA Cup run just tops off a, a magnificent run we've had over the last eighteen months. So. Uh, yeah, keep at it. The last 12 months have been like um, nothing that I've... I mean, I'm younger than the other guys, but um, anything I've seen before... I, Thanks. I, 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 I get into trouble for winding up Bruce for being old. Um, but no, so that, that's basically my thing, that the last 12 months, I can't remember 98, uh, but of how amazing it's been this last 12 months, and may it all continue. Are, are well, you... so the thing is, actually, and... and you know, mentioning age now but the thing the thing is genuinely as a fan of many years this has been the best sequence the sequence of playoff games were the best sequence of games i can ever remember we've got mm. individual memories of games that we can as fans going back me till like 70s and 80s but actually there's never been a sequence of games where combination of sort of not carry wrexham and then the solid final together any one of those games was, was magical. So to put them together as a combination, I don't think we'll see that in our lifetimes again. So I think that's that's why it's so remarkable. And you know, and actually compounding that. And it, look, it is it's it's Paul and Gav and everyone that's doing the real work. But we, our job is to try and create some conditions and just try and find the right people. Ultimately, all the work gets done um, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday afternoons when the lads come out. But that's why the FA Cup is, is so remarkable because it's it's compounding last year, right? It's like if we, we could have rested on our laws and had a couple of years worth of reflecting on that that run. And so to add into that mm. another set of completely extraordinary, remarkable experiences we've had in the FA Cup this year. And then importantly, you know, which is why the Sutton game is important to me, it's like we're just starting to get a glimpse of if we could get a consistent run of the team we can be, right, as well. So there's no one in this league we're scared of. We've got the quality. If we can find that consistent, we'll be competitive next year, particularly if we had a few, few faces in. So I think that compounding effect of last year's experience and the FA Cup, and then now for me, 
I get excited knowing that we can improve again. So I think that's the difference. But but it's but you know if we ever get this that run of games again, it'd be just truly extraordinary because I think it was once in a lifetime experience. Just just we've got on, sitting, sorry, go on. Uh, just just on sort of thinking ahead for a little bit, uh, Jason. I, I I know you've sort of mentioned it in other other interviews, but how game changing <laughs> you think this cup run is for for the club going forward into next season and beyond sorry sorry Emily. Just, just from a financial and also just from a just from a, a cultural standpoint really just the the high that we're sort of all riding really well look i mean they're both important i was at a dinner on friday night the, the civic awards thing and had three people come up to me and said oh, are you gonna are we gonna spend the one and a half million quid and i was like well look the important thing is like we haven't made we're not making one and a half million quid profit all of a sudden like we lost a million quid last year so you can do quick maths on where that means we're going to end up this year um but what it does do is it makes choices easier so we've spoke to paul we will improve the playing budget next year absolutely guaranteed with the financial resources has helped us with but this we're not suddenly going to be wrexham and spending a couple of million quid more than everyone else but What's really pleasing, and the, and the second half of your question to me is like the culture stuff matters as much, if not more. Right? If you spend the right amount and you get the culture right and the right characters in the building, that as Gav and the team have shown, are prepared to pull for each other. We've got a combination of culture and quality now, hard work plus quality. And so, if we add a bit more cash into that, it feels like we're improving the recipe all the time, and that's what we're hoping for next year. So, I think it's really important that we temper that though. That a guy said to me, we'll have a million quid, we'll put it into the academy. And I was like, we haven't suddenly got a million and a half quid to spend. But what we've got is an investment case we had already and we'll improve the playing budget from what we've had this year. But it's not, we've got to put it in the right way. You have to look at the Wrexham documentary about how the players feel about Paul Mullin. You know, if, if that's going well, that's one thing. But if you suddenly add a couple of accounts that aren't right because they're paid you know, ridiculous amounts of money, you change the culture and, you, and that's not what we're about we're about building for the long term so each year we keep improving we're just pushing a bunch of money into next year on a boom and bust hoping that we get away with it so i think that's a long-winded way of sending me that for, for me one the budget will be improved as a result of that 100 will have improved that not 100 improvement we will improve that but the culture matters more than anything getting on the quality making sure you maintain the culture of hard work you know, of industry of passion and we've got a chance to kick on again and that's that's the FA Cup show they make that easier for us but I'd ask people to temper their expectation we're not suddenly going to do a Wrexham um and just try and talk you know I was on the on the Brighton podcast the other day and I was saying you know I love what Wrexham are doing it needs the support you get but the idea that they're an underdog when they've got a league one budget already in the national league we can't do that we won't do that because it's not sustainable but we will be able to improve now as a result of that both on the field and also with the infrastructure that we're trying to invest in. So it just makes things a little bit easier for us rather than us looking around and having to worry about how we how we fund the next five years. Just on that then, uh Gab, from a from a player's perspective, obviously, you know, contracts aren't as long as they are in the Premier League and Grimsby's not traditionally fashionable as we've heard. Like does the does the group matter to you as a player and does that kind of spread around and, and and help a player's decision when they're choosing where to play the next year yeah no i think it does um i think it's important obviously that the club 
as Jason has touched on, do, does have a, a culture um, and that the owners and the, the staff and the players, it's all kind of intertwined. It's not, it's not, it's not separate in a way. If you get me, everyone's kind of pushing in the right direction, which I feel is, is the case at the club. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's definitely, it's a place where, you know, players are allowed to come and progress and, obviously better themselves day in and day out. So I think the club's definitely in in, in, the, in the right hands and in, in, in a good place. So in, t- in terms of sort of linking with that, Gav, um, Paul Hurst has been a manager here for a lot of years and we've always had squads that roll the sleeves up and are together um, and it's no different this year. What what do you sort of put that down to? Sort of how how is the group and how is that how is that achieved from a player's point of view? Um. Yeah, again, it goes back to a culture and a, a type of, of of player and character that 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 are being brought into the club. Um, which you know, between the gaffer and Doggy, and obviously obviously Jason and, and and the owners, obviously it's getting getting the right characters, the right people who are going to buy into what the club's about. Um, like Jason said, it's very easy to to go and splash stupid money on somebody who might come in and and not buy into that, um, not buy into it. The way we think, the way we do things. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just about the Gaffer and Dyke have obviously brought in good, good people, not just good players on the pitch, but good, good people off the pitch as well. Um, and you can see that, like in the togetherness of the group, we've seen that last year. But also the players that have come in this year have bought into what we did last year, which I think was important. Um, and everybody's kind of pushing in the in the same direction and on the same singing off the same hymn sheet. It does feel like we're, we're, we're over the last few years. It's felt not sort of excluding the last couple of seasons, but it's felt like a revolving door of players and management and staff and and things like that. And it's it certainly it's certainly from the outside looking in, um, you know, it looks like you know we might have players that are here for two, three, four years now, um, whereas a lot of it's been a twelve-month contract and then move on, or a two-year contract and then move on and. And it's it's certainly from the outside looking in. Just going back to what you were saying, Jason, um, about um, the the finances that this has this has brought in. Um, I think it is important, isn't it? And because there's, a, there's, there's a, you can you can get as much sponsorship as you like and things like that. But on the playing side, the way that the playing side can sort of can bring in money is either through players who are maybe sold on at a profit, um, you know, or um, or through something like this, a cup run. So they're they're two sort of unexpected that you that you don't expect that could happen, um, and it's not very often that they do you know they, they do happen at this level. So it's just exceptional the the run we've been on, um, and considering you know we can't do this without mentioning this new record that we've got of being the only team to ever uh, beat five teams from the division above. I think that's testament to the team and um, you know and, and where we're going and what we've what we've done. I don't know if either of you want to mention answer that. Well, just, I mean, I think, you know, it's undoubtedly true, Bruce, right? and for me it was about, you know, we came in as fans and we knew that we, we had to sort of remedy um, a number of issues in the club, right? And, you know, I've always been really careful not to be disparaging about the past because I think it's, A, it's not good karma, but B, I think people did the best they can. And I think for, for me, you know, we were, and Paul had said this as well, we were playing catch-up on some of the infrastructure stuff so we're kind of at that point now where we want to start investing to improve 
And I think the remedial stuff that we had to do, I mean, sort of joking aside, but sort of flat pitch and round balls. I mean, it was that, it was that basic. Um, and so, and then I think, I think what we said to Paul was that's why we had that wobble in the middle of the last season before, before Gav got here, actually. It was, it was the, the data showed us that we were on the right path. We wasn't quite getting the, the rub of the green, but we was only losing by the odd goal. So we were committed to making sure we went through a number of cycles so Paul could have the identity, because we knew we were still playing catch-up. So it just feels like now, it just, it just this FA Cup run, getting out last year was, was brilliant so quickly, and then the FA Cup run gives us some, some momentum. But actually, you know, beyond that, we, we're in the middle of like a longer term strategy for the business that, you know, the near term stuff was pretty, I mean, get out the chat, get out the National League as quickly as possible, try and get us to a sustainable business model while improving the quality on the pitch. I hope that, you know, I've said elsewhere, that I'm a big believer in if you work hard, you do the right things and, and create the right environment, you increase your probability of success, you don't guarantee it, but you increase the probability of success. And if you have a bit of luck, which we have, then you can capitalise on that. So now we've got, a chance to really think about the long term, which we're doing, because we haven't got this. The, the financial pressure of the immediate is not as looming as it was. So that's great. We're going to do. We're doing this long piece piece of work, and then the other bit that people, you know, a mindful of, but you know, it's not the front line for everybody. Is the independent regulator for football is massive for us, for clubs like us, which is you know, that whole which will come through next year is about having. Better flow of finance from the Premier League, but also better governance around clubs down our level. So you'll get proper business plans. It'll have to be sustainable. There'll be caps on the spend that you've got. Which means again, it's another thing. It's a fair win for us. We didn't know that when we came in, but we've been lobbying for it. So it means that football clubs will suddenly be better structured financially, which then means you can attract better investors or maybe get to fan ownership. So, you know, we've um, we've worked hard in the last couple of years, and most of the credit goes to Debbie and Paul. And the teams with them but at the same time you know the fact that we we've had this look now buys us in a space and be to do the things we want to do and the second the independent regulator is transformative for football clubs at our level so depending on what money comes down and how the governance comes off the back of that you know the sort of five-year horizon for us is suddenly looking a lot healthier than a lot of clubs around us quite frankly i'm, I'm speaking at a conference tomorrow a fair game thing and there's a few clubs i know that come in there they're close to running out of money in the next couple of months. The few clubs there, investors can't put any more in. There's a few clubs there that, you know, on the wrong sides of their fans' opinions. So, you know, again, we're, we're definitely not out of the woods, but we're just in a lot better shape than we were 20 months ago. And if we can keep going in this sort of trajectory, and I hope my, my and Andrew's ambition is we want to shore the club up for the next 100 years so that when we're gone, um, we don't have some of these conversations again. But... Um, it all, it all begins and ends with the stuff Gav and the team do on the pitch, right? Because all the, all, the, all the talk about community, all the talk about, you know, showing the, the, the club up is irrelevant unless we show we're improving the football. So, you know, credit to the, to the guys because they've done that, right? So it just means now we've just put ourselves in, in a better position where we've got some optionality and better choices as a result of that. Sorry, Bruce, that was a long-winded answer to the question. I can't remember now. No, no, that's that's no, it's brilliant. It's, and it's, it's you know, as a, as a fan, it's it's interesting to to hear, you know, both sides of, you know, what, what you've both been saying, you know, about Gav's thoughts about the culture and, and that sort of thing. I think we, uh, I think the, the, the main reason that obviously we are here tonight and we don't want to keep you guys for, for too long um, is the FA Cup. Uh, so I think should we, should we, we'll, we'll try and maybe sort of swing the conversation that, that way again. Um, Gav, that atmosphere at St Mary's. Have you have you been in front of um, many followings like that in your career? Uh, it was. I mean, I've been following town for 
30 odd years and that's one of the loudest away ends I can ever remember. Yeah, it was pretty um it's pretty unbelievable really. Um given the fact that it was on a, a Wednesday night as well and it's the other end of the country, it just yeah, it was pretty baffling to, to be honest to see the amount of fans that that traveled and and then the noise that that they made. It genuinely was like like a home game. Uh, it was no, it was brilliant and it gave us a massive lift obviously first coming out and seeing seeing um seeing behind the goal. Uh, seen Harry Haddocks everywhere, inflatables everywhere. So, uh, no, that that definitely gave us a a massive lift, and um, no, it was a pretty special atmosphere. Ali, Ali McCoyce was loving it. Did he did he get into the dressing room afterwards? He was he was he was loving that on the on the telly. Say again, sorry. Ali McCoyce was loving it on the telly. He wanted to be in the stand. Did it? Did you have to stop him getting in the dressing room afterwards? Come and partying. No, I didn't. I didn't see him afterwards. But um, I'm sure if he if he got the invite, he would have been in definitely. Yeah. So one thing that's so interesting there, Michael, is that one thing that's really interesting to me coming to the side of the conversation is that as a fan, you, you often wonder when people talk about players and stuff. And, and, and I'm talking to a couple of players now, you know, it, it's really obvious that it does. I often think about how a waste of ball might be different to something we get a blunder for, but it would just be interesting for people to hear from you, I guess, about you know, how much something like that lifts you in the game or gives you an extra yard of pace to something. Is that, yeah, could you comment on that? How, how do you find that personally? Well, it does, yeah. Like, I think we've seen it in the, in the playoffs last year, you know, with the, the three extra times that we had, obviously, in the in the close, um, the games were, like, were so cl close together and bunched together, obviously, there was a lot of tired bodies and that's, that that's exactly when you need you need your you need your fans to, to, to push you through um and give it give it that extra lift. Um so yeah, that's that's massively important. Obviously it does give it, like you said, that extra yard of pace or it makes you run that extra extra bit. Um and you could see that obviously in the playoff campaign last year and and again in the Southampton game. I think that's for people listening to this, I guess, and without sort of trying to sort of stage the questions here, but that's 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 the only question. I think fans have been brilliant. That away support was amazing, but I lost five minutes of the game just watching and listening mm -hmm. to the beats, and so I was mesmerised. But I don't think I'd experienced anything like that. But you know, as we go into this game on Sunday, and as we think about the running for the season, particularly at Blundell Park, sometimes it's just like people thinking about that and just thinking about it makes a difference to get involved and get amongst it, and particularly be positive when the passes might not string together or something. I've heard some people moan. It's just like it comes through to the players. So just that that positivity, and without being, you know, over, you know, over egregious about that, I think it's just it's something we remind ourselves of, that it does make a big difference. And I've heard a number of the players and Paul talk about that, particularly when things aren't going quite well. So it'd be good if people listening to that can just hold that in mind, particularly we have the run into the season, and particularly on Sunday back, we need every ounce of look and support we can get. I think it's something, it's a conversation for another day, but I think it's something that perhaps the club and the fans between them can look at as well, how we can improve the match day atmosphere at Blundell Park. Um, but like I say, that's a, a conversation for, we can have, you know, a, a further on and sort of towards the end of the season perhaps. But, but yeah, definitely. And the, the fans certainly away from home are, are exceptional. I've always said, obviously we've got a larger home following now, but for, you know, the club's had a decent following for probably eight or 10 years away from home now. Um, beyond the percentage that you would expect to travel. Um, and, you know, we've got a fairly small hardcore, but they're very hardcore. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's, that's, that's gone on to different levels with these two followings. And, 
this sort of exposure and I've, you know, I've been out for a run tonight and there's, there's, you know, there's people walking around in town gear and the amount of children that you see now in, um, in, in the area, um, just in, just in town kits and less Premier League kits and it's, they're the future of the club. The, you know, these young fans coming along, these new season ticket holders and stuff like that. And it's, it's, just, it's just brilliant. It just feels like we're, we're really on the cusp of, of something special. The young ones in the town kits were overtaking him walking while he went out for his run. <laughs> Gav, I've just I, got a, a question sorry, for you. Just, just looking ahead to Sunday. Uh, obviously, the the Premier League's a different beast with with all the the data and and the analytics and even just the number of camera angles and all that kind of thing. Has the preparation for Southampton and and Brighton been completely different from that point of view in terms of how you prepare for the game or? Are you preparing in a similar sort of way than you would for a league game? Um, no, it's been pretty. It's been pretty similar. Obviously, you may watch watch a bit more, bit more video and stuff because you look. You're you're kind of under no illusions. They're they're a different caliber of player, so you probably have to you know give them more more attention to detail. Obviously, um, but in terms of preparation, it's it's it'll be pretty similar. We'll obviously we'll train tomorrow. Probably do a bit of a bit of shape, defensive shape, and then obviously shape. Obviously, when we have the ball, maybe watch a bit of video and stuff like that. We'll probably do that again Saturday in the hotel. Um, look at their set pieces and stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty basic to be honest. It's as much as I know it's difficult to do. It is trying to treat it as another game. Um, obviously, we know the magnitude of the game, but I think you, if if you if you look too much into it, you start doing things differently. That's when you might kind of take take your eye off the ball and actually not actually worry about the actual task in hand. Um, so, yeah, I think just, just keeping things as normal as possible. Gav, can I just, um, just to lighten, lighten it a little bit, um, you talk about the travelling and back to the hotel and stuff. Um, do players still room together as they, as they, as they used to? And, uh, you know, who do you, if so, who do you room with? And is there, is there anybody that you would not want to room with? Uh, a sort of a Gaza going back all the years when they said he was a nightmare to room with? Probably Danilo. Um, he's got all these tickets in the rooms. No space for anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Danilo would be uh, too busy combing his hair. I think if if you're rooming with him. But um, no, Smudge. Smudge is my roomie. Um, so yeah, uh, he, he's been majority of the time uh, been my roomie. He's the same last year as well. So no, it's good. But we have great crack in the room. And it, yeah, no, I think it's good. I think it's good when you're you're in the room in the room with somebody. You can obviously have a bit of banter and obviously speak about the game and. Um, almost make it a bit more, bit more relaxing than just sitting in a room by yourself, kind of overthinking stuff. Yeah, and is there anybody you wouldn't want to room with? I wouldn't want to room with anyone that snores. I heard Danny Amos is a snore. Um, McAtee could be, not to the extent of Gascoigne, but obviously, uh, I know he likes likes to play his music and stuff. And um, yeah, so I'd probably probably say those two. And you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want to be with Max, would you? I mean to stre- help him stretch his cramp out in the middle of the night. <laughs> Max is actually forever like for a guy that cramps so much, um, he's constantly stretching. Constantly. He's constantly doing his stretching, his mobility work and that. So he's um, I'd say his hotel room is just filled with I don't know, resistance bands and, 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 and foam rollers and stuff like that. If we go one nil up, can somebody please confiscate whatever water sports drink he has? No, then that's that's going to bring the cramps on, isn't it? So get rid of the Lucas Aid or whatever it is if we're one nil up. 
have you, um, um, have you bung the VAR? Gone, have you bung the VAR some more money for Sunday yet, Jason? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't say anything on that. Obviously, Sam has one to come back to haunt me. I mean, it was a joke. It's funny, like make apology, and I got I got piled on for that as well. But it was uh, a genuinely the best ten grand we've ever spent. Right, it was. I don't care if we had done it. I know it was a joke, but it, it's 20, 30, 50 million no, quid, whatever. It was worth it. All the decisions were right. I was speaking to someone yesterday about it, and they were saying, I'm like, under VL, all those decisions were right. They weren't controversial, but a ref wouldn't have caught them. So it just shows. But I did talk to the um, the owners of um, Southampton Aptors, and I was like, you know, there's some, if you're on the right side of it, then it felt amazing, right? But week in, week out, and then, yeah, it, it, there's a little bit about how it takes out the, the history of the game and the decision making. But yeah, that was amazing, right? So yeah, ten grand well spent for a Just, novelty. For a novelty, it was great, but every week it ruins football. But yeah, I'll, I'll have that rent rant here. Yeah, just just on VAR, like obviously, you know, we we complain about as fans about it, but Gav, you know, we don't use it week in week out. What was it like as as a player's experience? Yeah, it's obviously a different, completely different experience for us. Um, like I said, for the penalty, just I know for the for the second penalty was was a weird one because you're kind of you're waiting for you're kind of waiting for them to make a decision. You're looking at the ref, but then you're you're kind of watching the ref to see if the ref's getting anything said in his ear. So um, yeah, it's just completely different experience. But obviously, it's lucky lucky we added obviously uh, the Southampton game, or, or or we wouldn't obviously well we may not be in the position we're in now. On a serious note, though, doesn't that sort of over the course of it, do you not think probably favour the Premier League teams because they're used to playing with VAR and, and we aren't? I know it, I know it works on against Southampton, but given that I remember hearing that um, Mansfield and Port Vale, they got people from the, the Premier League to come and tell them how to play with VAR, do you not think it kind of fundamentally alters how the way you have to play? Gav, you're probably better placed to answer that than anybody. Well, off, offsides, offsides, Sam. <laughs> But handball's different under VAR to what it is without VAR. No, to, to be fair, we did. We obviously spoke. The gaffer spoke before the game. Just, just touched on it. Obviously, you probably have to be a bit more careful just with like set pieces and stuff like that from, from corners. Obviously, not not grabbing your man too much. Obviously, obviously in, in our league, you can you can pretty much do anything. You can can assault someone on the pitch basically and and get away with it. But obviously, you know. That you could you could easily uh, not get away with when you know there's obviously VR and um, obviously working. So yeah, it's just obviously being being a bit more clever and, and not 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 being too obvious about it. Now. Talking about that assaults you... on the football pitch, how's Danilo? Is he is his back? I was just right going to say that. I, I I yeah, he's he seems to be recovering all right. Um, yeah, he's, genuinely uh... concerned. He could have been killed. How's the acupuncture treatment gone? Has that sorted him out for Sunday? Yeah, no, he's he's been getting plenty of treatment, and uh, I think his I think his back will be all right for the game. But uh, yeah, he's just glad he glad he made a meal of it. To be fair, because it obviously won the penalty, so fair play to him. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Um, has anybody, any of you, got any any further questions before we start to to wrap things up? I don't. I don't have any further questions, and I'm conscious that we don't want to keep Gav up past his bedtime in the run-up to Sunday. But uh, the only thing I will say is, just from a fan's point of view, thank you very much for what are some amazing memories. And you know, we're all going to be right behind you on Sunday, and and whatever happens, uh, keep your shorts on. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was an unfortunate incident. I think that's got to stay with me now for 
especially the rest of my town career anyway. Um, it was funny, you know, after after the playoff final, I probably said it in, in a couple of interviews. It's I, like I looked at my phone, obviously, when you were kind of walking out to the bus um, and I didn't have messages of people congratulate me, like saying, well done, mate, I'm, 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 I'm buzzing for you. It was just basically, mate, you're things all over Twitter, basically. Like, so <laughs> that was, they were the only messages that I seemed to get. Like, I didn't get many congratulation messages, but um, nah, it's something, it's funny. It's funny and uh, it's something that'll stick with me, yeah. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll congratulate you because like, like we've said, you know, without, without sort of kissing ass too much, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a brilliant year um, or a little bit more since you've been with us. Um, and, um, you know, like the rest of the, you know, the guys, I'm sure I speak for the whole, the, the whole pod and the whole fan base, just wish you all the best for, for Sunday. We'll be there right behind you. Jason, I'm sure we'll see you in the stands at some point. Um, and uh, thanks to you both for joining us. Thanks for your time, lads. It's good to see you no. all. No worries at all. Been a pleasure, lads. Yeah. Cheers, guys. It's been a pleasure. And we're back. And it's live. And it is live. Thank you all so much for spending some time with us uh and listening to that if you're listening to this on the drive down it would be good to know how far you got you're probably about halfway uh so you know watch out for the m25 around the wisley interchange it's a bit slow at the moment they're doing a bit of road works there uh and you know just uh just take your time you're nearly there cobham services are half decent you know so um if you're still thinking about which ones to get Cobham services are not too bad you're probably about 40 miles away from it so you know keep plugging away and you'll get there <laughs> and and genuinely thank you for thank you for everybody that stayed with with stayed oh you with do the sensible stuff yeah all, all the right. way all the way through we know it's a uh, quite a long pod but you know how often are you in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup I mean that's bonkers just to say it so hopefully those listen there's there's, there's bits and pieces from different angles hopefully something for everybody in there so thank you for listening and really thank you for everybody that gave their time up this week it's um everybody was really helpful weren't they Alex coming on and talking to us yeah, uh, thank you to Laura, thank you to Dana, thank you to Craig, uh, Gav, Jason, and and a special thank you to to Matt Newton and the guys at Broadly FC who have just put a video together. It's also going to be on the YouTube channel. I think it's already up, actually. I put it up as we were watching. Um, so um, it'll be um, up there for you to, to have a listen to. Uh, we'll play it out in a second. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's about it, really. Thank you all so much for taking the time to do it. If you did like it, um, it did take a bit of work. So by all means, you know, Put a review on the old Twitters uh, or on the on the Apple or wherever you watch it because it does apparently it helps. I don't know. We earned sixteen quid from a fishing podcast at one point a couple of days ago, so you know, a beer is on me. And in the words of Rob Scott, if you didn't like it, don't fucking come. Why would you do that? Oh, two two hours forty one minutes. <laughs> you bellend. Oh my word. Or twice during Disney's thing, mate. So, oh, well, that's true, but I know that was a long time ago. That was up near Louth, and I've forgotten that bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, well, that is it from us. Uh, we'll see you all on Sunday, and we're going to play you out with a fair few familiar faces. Uh, wishing the lads luck. This is great. We'll, uh, this is great. I love this. Of the Mariners, Grimsby Town FC in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. It's your boy. Adam Richmond, food legend from America. And though, yes, as you can see, I am a fan of the beautiful game. And yes, it's widely known that I am a Spurs supporter. 
I have and will always have love for the Mighty Mariners of Grimsby Town. In fact, I am a shareholder. In fact, this is actually a real copy of the first share of Grimsby Town that I bought. Big facts. Quarterfinal of the FA Cup. You really prove the magic of this game, of team unity. You inspire me, you inspire football fans all around the world to see what a real team can be, what hard work, what dedication can be. You don't have to have a massive payroll, a massive stadium. You just have to have a massive amount of talent, massive amount of heart, and a massive amount of support behind you. It's the Mariners massive, and it stretches all the way to New York, all the way to this heart, right underneath this crest. And yes, though I am American, and yes, though my first team is Spurs, I will always have love for Grimsby. I will always be proud of the fact that I am a shareholder. And after all, we're all town, aren't we? Up the mighty Mariners. Give them hell, boys. We're all behind you. Come on, Grimsby! Hello boys, Chris Hargreaves here. Just wanted to wish you the very best of luck in this game against Brighton. Quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Come on! Enjoyed the Southampton game. Thought you were brilliant. Fantastic support as well. Um, what a night that was. Doigie, Hursty, make sure you get that hair dye in the night before for those grey hairs and a bit of Botox and the old wrinkles because you know that's what it does to your management. But you'll all be brilliant. Looking forward to seeing you. Harry, Make sure you do your pre-match routine, get that Grimsby Town duvet set sorted and your pyjamas on. Uh, one of our own. Uh, made my debut 1989 as a 17-year-old. FA Cup, Grimsby Town. Loved it. Only seems like yesterday-ish. But all the best, boys. Looking forward to seeing you. Come on! Hi, everyone. Uh, I just want to take this opportunity to wish the gaffer, the staff, and everyone connected with Grimsby Town Football Club all the very best for the... Uh, FA Cup quarter-final against Brighton. Great occasion for the whole club. Nothing to lose. What a great day out it could be. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Does yourselves proud. And make the best team on the day. All the best, everyone. Love you, mighty Mariners. Everyone, Carl Magnier here. Just want to wish everyone connected to Grimsby Town uh, the very best of luck for the upcoming quarter-final in the FA Cup. An amazing achievement by everyone to get to this stage and we all hope that you can go one step further up the Mariners. Afternoon everyone, just want to say a big congratulations to Hursty, Doyle and all the boys. What an achievement, quarterfinals of the FA Cup. I'll be watching the game, hoping, fingers crossed, that um, we get the job done. But what an achievement, what an occasion it will be for the fans. You know, there's some amazing people attached to Grimsby, you know, behind the scenes as well as all the fans. So it's an absolute fantastic day for them to go to and enjoy. And regardless of the result, you know, they've done something really special. I'll see you there. Yes, what's happening, guys? Hursty, Doigi, Moro, I hope you're all doing really well. Um, look, you've earned the right to get this far and credit to you for making those memories. Some of my best memories came in a Grimsby shirt. Um, I hope you continue to make more in the quarterfinal. Uh, my best advice would be Go and work hard for each other, look after each other, and believe you can win. Uh, a couple of games away from a final, that's the best way to look at it, I think. So, yeah, over to you guys. Looking forward to watching the game. And... Oh, the Mariners, come on! Just want to say a massive good luck to all the players, staff and supporters at town for their FA Cup quarter-final tie against Brighton. 
It's an incredible achievement getting this far in the competition. Everybody's right behind you. Hope the game goes well. All the best. I'm so excited for Saturday, boys. Good luck. And all the best. Hiya, Kev Donovan here. I'd just like to wish the Mighty Mariners all the best next week in the quarters down at Brighton. Hope the fans have a fantastic day. Fingers crossed. It could be an upset on the cards. Went to watch them yesterday at Leeds and they're pretty average team. Anyway, all the best. Hope you have a great day. Hi guys, ex-Mariner Gary Charles here. I just wanted to wish you all the very best for your game against Brighton. Um, everybody's rooting for you. Everybody's thoroughly enjoying what you're doing. Um, the way you're going about it, the memories you're making for yourselves and the fans and the football club. Um, we'll all be with you all the way. Just keep going out, doing what you're doing. Enjoy every minute. Um, and hopefully you'll bring us another result back, which will be absolutely amazing. Good luck, boys. All the very best to you. I just want to wish Paul and all the lads all the very best in the next round of the FA Cup. What you've done up to now, unbelievable achievement. I hope you're all going to enjoy the day and by doing that, try and get through. Uh, once again, we're all behind you and good luck, all the best.